Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nuance YouTube channel slash the Mormon History Hoedown. When I started this nonprofit uh, and this podcast, I did not think that we would be seeing so soon that I would have something to report on that is such an outrageous, disgusting example of Mormon men where responsibility is given, not earned, and they can get away with outrageous things to just catastrophic damage levels. So this is not going to be a very funny podcast. I'm coming to you very mad. I walked out the door to my husband just now and said, I'm going to go rant. I'm just going to go rant the whole time. I'm just going to be really ranty. Um, let me show you a couple of the things that I prepared. Thank you everyone for joining the live chat today. Um, so I have put together a presentation because, um, I want to make sure that I can take you on this little journey, start to finish. So first I want to talk about, uh, why is everyone bashing Tim Ballard? And I will explain who he is and why he deserves to be in prison. And this is about the, the seven different women who have accused Tim Ballard of some really disgusting sexual things and what they have to say. And they go into those details. So I saw this video last night after I got done with my live stream with Ben Park and I was right about to go to bed and I saw it and I was like, I need to go do a live right now. <laughs> I need to go do a live right now. So I got on this as fast as I could. And it's really important. Tim's wife, Catherine goes on the Rod Arquette show, which is a radio show here in Utah. And she, once you contrast with all of the things I'm going to show you with what she says. I don't know if she just has a lot of cognitive dissonance. It's, it's literally like the same as finding out that, you know, your prophet Joseph Smith is not the person you thought he was. I don't know if she's able to possibly reconcile with the stories of these women. And I think she just, what is she going to do as a Mormon woman? Where is she going to go? So she's just like, nope, innocent, innocent, innocent. So there's a lot of really good, interesting clips that I pulled so make sure to stay around for that. And then at the end, I have my questions for Tim Ballard. So if you've been following me on Instagram, I've been putting up different posts, doing a lot of research about Tim Ballard this last week, because it really is, as Ben Park would say, a phenomenon. No, but it is quintessential. It is scary. And it is indicative of a larger systemic problem and pattern. So I just wanted to say right off the bat, um, we're going to be talking about some really heavy things right now. So as John Dolan likes to say, practice self-care, come back to this later. If you need to, I am not offended. And, uh, the other really important thing to mention is some of the clips that I pulled, there's a good chance that they will do a copyright strike on me of some kind. And I don't plan on this video being able to stay monetized on YouTube. And that's a good portion of my income. So, uh, I actually run a really tight ship around here with my 501c3 nonprofit. So um, links below if you want to donate to keep this podcast coming, um, especially this episode, especially a lot of this research. So if you enjoy everything that I'm doing and talking and trying to expose this broader, wider problem uh, within Mormonism and especially, you know, that old patriarchy, Kara, you said the P word. When I was conservative, somebody said patriarchy, I would have tuned out. Um I try not to swear too much on this podcast, but 
I think it's going to have to come out. I tried to wear my cutest outfit today with my pigtails though. <laughs> I tried to look the least intimidating as possible, but this is a big deal and it's really gross and really frightening. So as I go on, if you have any questions, I can prove that I know a lot about Tim Ballard because I have read and studied just about everything from every angle that I can possibly get my hands on. So if you have any questions, feel free to use the super chat button and I'll try to answer as I go. But now that you know the kind of outline that I'm going to be taking, let us get into it. First off, how did we get here? Many years ago, Tim Ballard, before he began Operation Underground Railroad, he wrote a book about the American Covenant. And last night I did a fantastic, fantastic episode with Ben Park. Everyone go watch it. He takes the best 10,000 foot view on all of what this macho male culture that is ingrained into Mormonism where politics and this Mormon religion are now kind of inseparable. Fantastic breakdown and analysis from historian Ben Park last night. So we talk a little bit about the American Covenant, so I won't go into that, but Tim Ballard wrote a book called The American Covenant. Russell and Ballard, he loved it, said, come in my office, let's be new best friends. And Glenn Beck wanting to produce a TV show called The Abolitionist, was centered around this idea of Tim Ballard going in to other countries and rescuing sex trafficked children and filming it all. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Glenn Beck was like pounding on the director's desk. And he's like, I want you to make this for me. So that's where we started. And then throughout the years, I think it's important to mention, this is not some type of one, like the media's out, out to get Tim Ballard smear job or something. So uh, Lynn Packer, who I've mentioned a bunch of times on my channel, best rabbit hole that you've ever been down is watching his investigative journalist op-ed videos on all of this. And he writes for American Crime Journal. And if you just go through the years, there's just a stack of just so many things that have been wrong with this organization, Operation Underground Railroad. So for instance, this is back in 2020, that the church has a controversial firm, Kurt McConkie, and that's the same firm for the, for the church that helps them cover up child sex abuse cases. I'm not saying that, like hyperbolically in the slightest there, there are, there's already an entire church that has a entire arm of it that is so interwoven with a law firm where one of their most like principal, uh, objectives is to cover up child sex abuse and give out the least amount of money possible to children. So we're already talking about a very, very corrupt institution baseline and OUR started to say, oh, you guys are pretty good at that. Why don't you come be our attorneys too? Uh, OUR received 150 to 350 in PPP funds. I just put that in there because I think that's super ironic because I don't know if you followed the news, especially back in 2020, that so many conservatives were like, I'm for small government and I hate them coming in here, but also, yes, I, I'll take your free money, but it's the single mom on welfare that I'm mad at. So the OUR has raised tens and tens of millions of dollars, $80 million probably at this point, um, has about a, like a net gain of like $12 million a year and still takes money from the government while supposedly being the most conservative of all conservatives. Um, also stories that uh, Lynn Packer has written. This one is called Our Hookers from Heaven. This is start to finish an entire 
charade, an entire fraud, an entire story that Tim Ballard has concocted about these 10 Venezuelan women who were woke up naked, woke up being raped, told this is your new life now, held behind these, these cages being locked with a padlock and we got them out there. There's all this documentary footage though that they've released and it's it's nothing like they say that it is. They held a sham graduation ceremony for these women. They sell a little locket that symbolizes the cages that they were in. It's a charade. It is a well-calculated like marketing campaign for I'm the good guy. Anyone who opposes me is the bad guy. But these are all just based on lies. Vice News exposes Tim Ballard's OUR poster child, Liana, as an elaborate scam. That one is about this girl who rescued herself and OUR took credit for it. And then up to this past summer, Tim Ballard out as CEO of Glenn Beck-backed Nazarene Fund. That is another massive, gigantic scam where Tim Ballard and Glenn Beck pulled at the heartstrings of people afraid of ice. It's outrageous the amount of lies that he's been able to spin. And then as The Sound of Freedom came out this past summer, the the difference between, I would say, people who actually understand like systems, sorry to sound so condescending, but people who understand how systems work versus people who work off of a magical worldview and a, there's Satan out to get us. And and we like Ben Park said last night, we it's really difficult to come to confront complex ideas. And systemic reform is a complex idea. And the entire Sound of Freedom plot, 100, 100% false. The OUR has, has even admitted such. And Tim Ballard has said it's 85% true. It is 100, 110% false. It's not only not how sex trafficking happens, and it's also not true to anything that Tim Ballard has done in his life. What? At all. And I could make an entire video about that as well. And this one says trafficking survivors and advocates are being harassed by Sound of Freedom fans. And that is about just, uh, there is a, a sex trafficking survivor in one of those articles who said, no information would be better than the misinformation that Tim Ballard and OUR give out because actual sex trafficking victims are being harassed because the systemic reform that is necessary to prevent these atrocities and these horrible things are not something that the OUR fan base really wants to hear about. Um, then Mormon Church denounces Tim Ballard's morally unacceptable activities. So this is from September what 18th of just a few weeks ago. That brings us up to that panic. What are the morally unacceptable activities? Why would the church do this? Did it really come from the church? Tim Ballard out there screaming, this, this didn't come from the church. Vice newspaper, they condone pedophilia. And I'm good friends with Elder Ballard. Everything that you have wanted to get answers on, I think I have the answers for you today. That brings us up to Tim Ballard's departure from Operation Underground Railroad followed sexual misconduct um, investigation. So Davis County investigators and also I believe the FBI uh, were all investigating OUR um, for a lot of different claims for the sexual misconduct claims that, that came up around Tim Ballard. And that's a big red flag to begin with. And then also there's a lot of claims of fraud in the United States. If you make a claim that you are 
omitting certain truths to gain a certain profit, that's fraud. And that is also something that Tim Ballard and OUR have knowingly engaged in since the very beginning without fail. So right around Sound of Freedom, he has this big movie coming out and he is he's forced out and I'm sure his, his board and had enough evidence to say that these, these seven women, these seven women with the exact same story over many, many, many years, this is not something that we could possibly sustain ourselves as an organization if we're connected with you. And it's completely the same story with the LDS church that we cannot continue having a good PR type of name. If we continue any association with you, Tim Ballard. Sound of Freedom producer felt naked breasts of apparently underage trafficking victim. Then that came out the next day where Paul Hutchinson, who was a longtime supporter and friend of Tim's, I will get into more about their falling out in a second, but this article is just basically about him being an informant in Mexico and telling the sex trafficker that he wanted younger and younger girls. And he's like, I don't have any. And he's like, well, that's what I want. And then he, the sex traffickers, he goes out and finds some for him and lifts up her shirt and and touches her naked breasts. They thought that it was the the footage of it because all of this is is filmed. So I, I also need to explain something. All of this is image and perception creating for Tim Ballard. All of this is filmed. If you really, really cared about saving children, you have enough money. You don't need to market it. You don't need to release a documentary. You don't need to film it. You don't need to play Rambo. You can actually just go do the work without needing to make a documentary about how badass and awesome you are all the time because that actually infringes on the work that you're trying to do when you have a freaking camera crew with you. So all of this footage um, of Paul Hutchinson touching this underage girl, he's a super rich Utah type of investor and mogul. And that brings us to the next one. Operation Underground Railroad Child Rescue Missions were based on psychic intelligence. So this is one of the most important parts, side topic, at some point, me and Maven are going to make an episode um, about Jen, Jondalyn, and this entire situation that has been going on for many, 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 many months with my old employer at Mormon Stories and her allegations against Jondalyn. I've talked about it in another video before, but I think it's also relevant to talk about how uh, false accusations do happen. Okay. I have to be super careful about what I say because I'm named in her stupid made up lawsuit of stupid things that I know are wholly just made out of fiction. So I know that false accusations do happen. I've been on the receiving end of them this year by another woman. Okay. For extortion purposes. So I know what that's like, first of all, but, um, when we're talking about people in, in media generally, they're not going to go and say that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave us this, this statement. Do you know how fast the LDS church would be, uh, suing all that they, all that they could get out of journalists for, for, for saying such, such false statements if they were false. So that leads to what is the most, what is the serious thing? What could he have done that was so morally unacceptable that the church would have to say something like that? Tim has, has hidden behind, um, a persecution complex. Like, a little tiny child his entire life. And how's it feel, Tim, that you don't get to control your perceptions of you anymore, which I feel really good saying because I've watched all of your videos on the Book of Mormon Evidence Conference. And he sure does want to control the perceptions of, of how Mormons in his in-circle at these crowds, how they perceive others. 
how they perceive trans people. He has a lot to say on them. How they, you perceive people who don't want God in the schools. Well, you're working for the pedophiles. Now is where Tim Ballard does not get to control his perceptions anymore. And he, um, he has nine kids. He has a wife that are all going to be having to figure out the wake of this. Very similar to Joseph Smith. It's very similar to Donald Trump. It's very similar to, um, yeah, just pretty much anyone who should be in prison <laughs> that, yeah, you do enough, you do enough fraud. You tell enough lies. People take notice and we add them up and we fact check them and we see a pattern. Somebody was asking on my Instagram, why is everyone bashing Tim Ballard? And I'm going to make this full screen because I'm so proud of it because I did the graphics for it and it took a long time. <laughs> um, tell me if you've seen this. Tell me if you shared it. Why is everyone bashing Tim Ballard? Chapter one, the master plan. So somebody asked me basically like, what is all this stuff with Tim Ballard? Duh, duh, duh. Somebody in my comment section and instead of writing out a whole comment, I was just like, let's make it, let's, let's explain it. How would I explain it to somebody who I just, I have 10 slides on Instagram. How can I get it across to you? So it says, why has Tim been through a lot fighting against sex traffickers Ballard so unpopular lately? Tim Ballard convened a secret meeting with his most trusted associates in August, 2019. At this meeting, he presented a secret plan to monetize his popularity on child sex slave rescue. After the secret meeting, where each attendee was forced to sign NDAs, Tim Ballard's perception among his inner circle shifted after his motives were laid out on a whiteboard. The primary motivations for the establishment of Operation Underground Railroad were was centered on financial gain, misleading advocacy, misappropriated funds, and exploitive narratives. Tim was known at this time in 2019 for producing heart-wrenching stories, but not results. Results for sex-trafficked children were sacrificed at the cost of Tim's greed. Results for himself, his family and friends, and the Mormon church is what the evidence shows instead. Carly's here. Thanks, girl. Um, then I go on to say, Tim Ballard displays this financial plan as a divine plan. Didn't sit well with his friends. Tim insisted that he that it was brought to him by God to ultimately raise his status with a final goal of using his nonprofit and trafficking rescues as sizzle to not only enrich himself, but also lead to the ordination of himself as an apostle of the Mormon church. So below I have a real picture of the whiteboard and then a picture of a little girl um, from Columbia where when he's, um, when Tim Ballard, the way that I got this picture, I didn't see it anywhere else because there's a lot behind the paywall over at Book of Mormon Evidence website where that Rod Meldrum runs. Tim's spoken there like six or seven or eight times. So I watched all of his speeches lost some brain cells, but I am invested in this like an anthropologist, just baseline about what are your customs and what do you believe? And he told the story about rescuing some, some, uh, potentially trafficked children in Colombia that was on CBS news right at the very beginning of all of his adventures. And he shows this window, um, from like the CBS news report and he, you know, he explains like this setup where all these kids came in and shows a picture of this little girl in the window and he starts crying and he's just like, you know, it's, if I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, awesome, badass. Like you took a bunch of like the Colombians, they, they wanted you to train them on how to rescue children. And you earned a bunch of money and you went down there yourselves and you like kicked ass under normal circumstances in isolation. 
That's what the selling point is so that you don't know all of the other motivations that are all behind it. Cause it is not about saving children. Never was from the beginning. And I'm like literally somebody, I, I, I can't stress that enough that it's, it's sad that somebody could be that psychopathic to utilize the stories of children and pull their heartstrings in that way. But it's always been about Mormonism. It's always been about his power, his status and his money and kind of doing whatever it has to take to get there. So this picture, when he was speaking at the book of Mormon evidence conference, he told that story. And then he put up this picture of like Jesus Christ reaching through the window, like right as this girl's about to get raped. That's a story about it. Then he said, because the atonement of Jesus Christ is really the only thing that can heal a child. Again, systemic reform. No Mormonism. My thing, the thing that makes me feel good. Mm, that's what they're into. Um, oops, I didn't finish that one. Then at the bottom, it says at the time, even close friends like former OUR backer, Paul Hutchinson and OUR ops team leader, David Lopez disregarded the NDA and took a picture of his whiteboard and gave it to the Davis County investigators. Many, including local and federal authorities saw Tim's plan as an attempt to justify the funneling of donor money intended to help vulnerable women and children into something entirely different. So here's the one I'm really proud of. It's Paul, or sorry, because Lynn Packer has his own. And I was like, I need one that can go on Instagram that's skinny like this. Why don't I spend a couple hours making broad look really cute with lots of colors? So what did Tim Ballard's whiteboard say? At the top, it said timothyballard.com underneath slave stealers for profit. And it had an arrow off to the side with something that says, this is it. This is, this is what I need people to pay attention to because I'm actually frustrated that Lynn Packer did not put what's in yellow on his <laughs> Lynn Packer. You've done everything. I literally worship the ground you walk on, but he didn't put this on his whiteboard reconstruction, which says, take the sizzle of the rescue, lead them to the covenant. And Tim Ballard underlined that. That is the, the whole thing that I cannot stress that enough. Take the sizzle of the rescue, the excitement, the interest is, that we have as human beings to care for one another and lead them into this American covenant that centers white Mormon men who are called by God, who are special, who are chosen, that that is invoking the covenant is how you actually solve the problems that Tim hasn't even tried to solve to begin with with all the money and, and allocated funds and resources, because it is all about this whiteboard. So again, this happened August, 2019 at Paul Hutchinson's home, long time backer. And then things started to change. So underneath of the, the primary investors, it says Brian Norton, Tim Ballard, and then M Russell Ballard parentheses, silent partner. Then underneath are six of his 501 C3s. So I did a lot of research on this and, um, I'm almost positive that the majority of those are not actually 501c3s. He wrote that on his thing, but none of them are registered. I run a nonprofit. It's, you know, it's a little bit of hustle, some things to do to jump through hoops. It's not freaking impossible. If I had $18 million in the bank account, I could probably pay someone to make sure my, my actual nonprofit is actually a nonprofit. So like I mentioned, the Nazarene fund with Glenn Beck, children need families. And that one is run by his wife, Catherine, and then Janet Russin, the psychic, Orphanage in Haiti, which I will talk about in a second. Mercury One, um, I believe that's also through Glenn Beck and Liberty and Light Equity Trust, and then OUR at the top. So some of these are are sizzle to bring people to the covenant. Then underneath, in purple, there's the Child Liberation Foundation, which is a nonprofit that 
uh, Paul Hutchinson, who was trying to do his own OUR thing, and was supposedly supposed to be funneling money into uh, Tim's uh, nonprofits. And then at the very bottom, the ultimate goal, right down there, timothyballard.com. And his goals were The Sound of Freedom movie, three to five books coming out, 50 to hundred dollars, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in speaking fees, and two point five million in his bank account, and then he loops that all back up to his his slave stealers for profit. So again, I spent a lot of time on these, and if you want to throw your girl some money, if this gets taken down, you know where my links are. <laughs> so then I wrote, "How is child sex trafficking defined?" Quote: The act of recruiting, harboring, transporting a child for commercial sex, including prostitution and the production of child pornography. While working to end such a crime as heroic, Tim Ballard uses inflated numbers to exaggerate the threat and makes up stories he never plans on being held accountable for when they are fact-checked. He accuses anyone who doesn't agree with his politics and approaches as helping to set the pedophile trap. Tim has profited off a serious problem that exists, yes, but not a problem he takes seriously enough to solve. And that brings us to Tim's Haitian for-profit orphanage where poor children were trafficked to wealthy Mormon parents to find their forever families. So you might've heard the Gardy Marty story. Um, here's a little synopsis. I could spend two hours talking about this story, but this is the short details of it. And it is like dogs are goth is saying incredibly narcissistic behavior. Um, so to understand why Tim Ballard is unpopular, start with what his goals have been in Haiti. In 2009, right before the Haitian earthquake, a three-year-old American-born boy named Gardy was put on the back of a motorcycle outside a Mormon chapel and never seen again. A psychic from Utah named Janet Russin was the main source of intelligence for OUR when they went to Haiti four years later with a camera crew to film what they told Gardy's father, a Mormon bishop, would be a reunion with his son, complete with helicopter for dramatic effect. And there are uh, documentary footage that's been leaked from this and the person we still don't really know who took this little boy but um three separate people have been arrested one of them all three of them i think were actually mormon haitians and uh one of them named carlos he was arrested shortly after he was in in prison for the guardians kidnapping and then the earthquake happened and he was tortured. He never revealed what happened to Gardy. So sometimes if you're waterboarded in prison, you'd think that the person would say where the child was. So that kind of indicates that maybe nobody knows where he is in Haiti. Again, they don't have this type of human rights for an attorney to be present. So this I included this photo here at the bottom, because that is a picture of them praying, Tim praying as cameras were filming his interrogation of a Haitian woman using practices on her that would be illegal in the United States. And um, yeah, she's, she's in Haiti. They're allowed to pay off their, their just as much as you can pay off uh, the police or other corrupt officials to be able to do bad things to kids. Um, it works all of the ways. You can also harass innocent people with a camera crew. So they start shouting at her right after this prayer. And this woman Apparently she did end up selling two other children at some other time, but she was unconnected to the Scardi case. But I still, I still believe in like the criminal justice system that you are uh, innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And if you're going to be interrogated with police and Tim Ballard, um, you people should have a right to an attorney in any country, but those are not the types of systemic reforms. That, that type of, of poverty is kind of just 
what Tim Ballard expects to be the set and setting for a world that is um, in the grips of Satan. It's, it's about making himself look better and bigger, not about ending the poverty that actually leads to these types of situations. Although Janet was paid by OUR $5,000 monthly and 1560 hourly to use her psychic abilities to find missing children, such as Gardy, by communicating with dead prophets from the Book of Mormon like Nephi, Gardy was located. Gardy wasn't located. Sorry about that. Gardy wasn't located. Something more lucrative was found, however, a narrative Tim Ballard could embellish for run fundraising, sizzle, as he calls it. Um, so in 2020, with the kidnapping taking place 11 years prior and the chances of finding the boy approaching zero, Tim Ballard launches a campaign to find Gardy, claiming they were getting so close to finding him. Hats sold for $40 and 40% of the proceeds allegedly went to OUR. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of OUR donor money was spent to find Gardy, a task that might have been completed if, in the words of one OUR employee, Tim wasn't making decisions like a reality TV producer, the cameras were following him, and he's drawing so much attention to himself. Gardy's father, Guesno, ran several orphanages in Haiti. In 2019, Tim Ballard told the public that it was too dangerous for Guesno to, to stay put and relied on OUR donors to move him to the U.S., in this video, Tim Ballard says, quote, coming from a third world country where all their money has been spent on searching for their son, the Martyrs have only the clothes on their backs and each other. What they need now more than anything is money. A close friend of Guesno reported that he never moved to the U.S. and always had plans to stay in Haiti and look for his sons and continue running his orphanage. It's unknown if that money ever made it to Gardy's family. During that same year, Tim put Guesno's orphanage on his whiteboard. Remember the whiteboard? Um, Tim started the Guardi effect to fund an orphanage with an accompanying website to place Haitian children, many who weren't orphans with American Mormons. Tim's plan to stop sex trafficking and reunite families became a for-profit venture to break up poor families in one country. So their children could be sealed to rich Mormon families for eternity in another. It did nothing to address the roots, the root of trafficking and the reasons birth parents give up their kids poverty. There's a story, I believe it was in the Salt Lake Tribune about one such child who was at one of these orphanages of Tim Ballard's and the, these American Mormon parents from Utah came to come pick up their child. And they saw that the child had a mother there at the orphanage. Like her mom was there. They're like, what? And the mom is just like, I, I live on like $2 a day. I physically can't afford her. Go ahead and take her. Those are the types of things that if you were a family focused centered type of church, you understand that poverty and familial breakup are directly correlated, but for some odd reason, when there's a profit to be made or um, a theology that's more important or power, so many different things can be gained. Mormonism from since the beginning of time will break up families, especially with my episode last uh, Saturday with Julia on Joseph Smith marrying other men's not just their wives, but their pregnant wives and sealing the babies that are not even biologically Joseph's that are biologically somebody else and sealing that baby to them for eternity. So there's, there's not a lot of practicing what they preach. High ranking current and former employees spoke out that Tim Ballard was making up stories of rescuing children by moving children from one orphanage to the ones that Tim owned, then in effect trafficking them to Mormon families. Part of the reason Tim's close friends left in disgust in the 2019 whiteboard meeting was Tim's plan to open a shabby LDS orphanage that he projected could make him about 20,000 per adoption. In 2022, tax returns show OUR had 
$10 million in net income. And then if you ever want to ever want to pause this and read this more closely, it says Foyer de Sion, home of Zion, placing Haitian children into forever families, um, was part of the Guardi Marty, um, Guardi effect website. And it talks about there on the website on the Guardi effect website, it falsely states the orphanage was founded after Guardi's kidnapping when it had actually been running for years prior and donations that were solicited through the website went directly to OUR. So am I explaining this fraud yet? Okay, last slide that makes everyone lose their minds. <laughs> um, despite OUR's books proving they had millions of liquid cash, they had invested next to nothing in the orphanage they used as a tool to solicit donations. Jeff Frazier from OUR was running the orphanage at this time and took to YouTube in July, 2022 to ask for donations. And I know this is long, but this is really important because I have to explain to you the deep psychopathic levels of fraud that we're talking about. Cause as I just explained tens of millions of dollars of cash purposely from the beginning in 2019, Paul Hutchinson said when he talked to investigative journalists like Lynn Packer, that it was part of his whiteboard meeting to open and take over orphanages already in Haiti from Gardy's dad, Quesno, and run them as shabby as he could because they could make him $20,000 a pop. Okay. So this has been, this has been calculated, disgusting behavior, and this is not some calculated hit job, as I explain. So it's important to explain this. So this is not like a critic of OUR. This is OUR's like head of operations who is coming to visit, I guess, this, this orphanage. Um, and he says in this YouTube video that he posted asking for donations, there's no running water here. There's no electricity. There's a generator back there. There's also solar on the roof, but the solar is broken and the water pump broke because they didn't have the funds to fix that. The food, one of the women I was interviewing, one of the leaders, our supervisors, she was telling me how she had to pick worms out of the rice because she could, so she could cook it. And she was telling me about her tears inside as she was having to put on her straight face. The nannies are incredible. The ones who stay with these kids 24 seven, but because they don't have any electricity and don't have any running water, they have to wash the clothes in the back of the trailer by hand. And I'm not kidding. This woman's fingernails were falling off because she was having to wash so many clothes. I can't imagine we have to help these people. I needed to set that groundwork as we get into next part of this called the couple's ruse, the couple's ruse. So just like Joseph Smith, um, when he was sleeping with his, you know, 16 year old, Fanny Alger in the barn. How much did Fanny consent to? We don't know. It's hard, kind of hard to consent. Um, when somebody is a prophet over you and you work in their home, you believe that they're the prophet and what they say goes, there's a lot of different layers to, to, to what, uh, people can experience with people in power, sexually speaking in, in and outside of the Mormon church. But there is a very disgusting, uh, common one within religious circles that because somebody speaks for God, they can tell you that this act that you would never want to engage in normally is actually sanctioned by God. Now we're getting into the most pathological lying that you can do because we have women finally being brave enough to speak out and Tim Ballard as a preemptive strike is going on his Instagram to say, that there's this thing called the couple's ruse that we do in these, these trafficking situations. And I don't know if you think that we're stupid. I don't know if you understand that this is not like a one-off 
just, you know, somebody saw you at the grocery store and accused you of you know, touching her butt so she could extort you or something. We're not talking about that. We're talking about seven women for the reasons that he was kicked out of OUR, for the reasons that there were uh, invest investigations into this. And apparently the investigation is closed, but I hope that something can happen so these women get some sense of justice for what they were told is supposedly sanctioned by God, OUR, their operations. And it simply is disgusting. So um, to introduce this couple's ruse idea, I thought that I would bring on um, I wanted to uh, say what I always like to bring in what the pro-Mormon opinion is so that you guys can be able to be educated on what the church looked like if you went back to it. So um, I just wanted to have them explain uh, after these rebukes happened and they were doing their live stream on word radio, Greg Matson was reading off what Tim Ballard's response was. So I want you to keep all of this in mind for when I play the video and this is what this is what Tim says. This is how in delusional land he is living. I have something breaking here. Okay, well, tell me if that's loud enough. Uh, this is a new statement coming out from Tim Ballard, affirming his commitment to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Okay, let's he read says, it. Shall, shall I read it? Yeah, why don't yeah. you read it? Okay, it says rescuing kids and fighting child trafficking is an ugly and dark business, especially when, as the result of my work for more than twenty years. We continue to expose members of the powerful, well-funded child trafficking cartels. Evil pedophiles will stop at nothing, and they will they have allies in government, in the media, in big corporations, and even in public institutions. They continue to lie and attempt to destroy my good name and defame my character. We just don't like you, Tim Ballard. You're the you're the bad one. And I he has to either just be on unbelievable levels of, of just psychopathy, just narcissism. To, to not think that he can possibly need to fess up for something. There's plenty of other celebrities and people who come out and made apologies all through the years where they say, yeah, here's what happened. Got engaged with this. Even if they tell half the truth, it's better than calling everybody working for the pedophiles. So that's how you know we're at psychopathic levels here, right? Right. So here's how this works, right? When you go out on, you go out on the front lines, what happens is, is they, they, they start some of these sting operations, and now the traffickers get kind of jumpy about meeting new people that want to get involved with their organization. And, and so what they started doing is they started asking for their phones. And they said, I want to see your phone. And so they'd give him the phone, and then they'd know right away. He's got text to his wife, you know, or, or to his kids, or, you know, some other wholesome things going on. And they know immediately this is not, and it's not just Tim. It's anybody else that they have would be undercover or, or an undercover cop in, the, in, in that country. And so what they started doing is burning phones and putting some history on them over a few weeks before they would go out on the, on the missions. And they put text messages in there with really vile things, talking about drugs and sex and all these other things so that it would look like, okay, this is our kind of guy. So it looks like this is our kind of guy. And what's ironic, say it with me. One, two, three. It is your kind of guy. Great. <laughs> mm. okay. Seven women from within Tim's own organization, Tim's own nonprofit organization. That's no fucking joke. Yeah. Like it's, this is not 
who, who said it was like, this is not like some Kavanaugh case where it's one party against the other and there's tensions that could be riding as hot as possible. This is seven women within their own organization, probably most of them, you know, Mormon and believed in the cause and believed all the same things he did. And therefore were able to be more easily manipulated by him. So what do you do within the Mormon church when your own people need to speak out and say that something that a, an action someone's taken or a policy or something has actually harmed them. And that is what dogma is about. It is about protecting the system at all costs, about protecting perceptions, having good PR go out and money come in. And it is not about the benefit of the, the most vulnerable that actually came to that institution in the first place to find protection and to do something that they thought would protect others. The, the OUR and Tim Ballard's entire operation is an, it's a real, I mean, both are frauds. Um, both are frauds, even without Tim Ballard right now, I think OUR, uh, in the director, this is going to be the most speculative thing that I, I don't have a good source on, but even the, the directors of, of, of OUR currently, they're like, yeah, we don't really rescue kids anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'll get into why I don't know how much of what you actually ever said you did that you actually did, like what you actually said you did. Same thing with Mormonism. I don't know about how much of actually, um, like making people gods you ever did. Sorry, that was a funny example, but I had to go for it. It's, it's all a, a proposition and you don't, you don't follow through. It's, it's kind of similar in the way that there's you find out about Mormonism in the next life and you endure to the end. And with donors to a nonprofit, it's like you believe in something that's bigger than yourself that you hope is doing all the things that you think it's doing. You have any reason to, to not think that, but uh, the donors, they're not privy to the information about how, you know, the widows might, there's people who have given, you know, $50 or $10 to OUR through the years. And I, I understand if somebody gives me money, and has a reincurring donation for me to sustain my content. Like I really value that, that I'm not going to like, I'm way more careful with my money, just generally budgeting than I've ever been because all of that money coming in, like really meant something to the person that's giving it to me. And then you have other nonprofits like OUR that can spend money on a helicopter, $5,000 on a helicopter. That's not, I don't know how much helicopter costs in Haiti, but that's not necessary. You didn't even, you didn't even do the investigation to find the boy. You got the helicopter, you got the son. I mean, you got the dad to tell him that his son was there, but you didn't actually do the work part. That's like the, the, the thing of the thing is the work part. It's actually the thing that you said you're doing, but you're not actually doing the thing you're doing the, the production and marketing around the thing part. And that's Mormonism too, but please um, show some love to Eric for saying something that is important for people to hear and understand about men within their church, generally about the type of self-aggrandizement and grooming behaviors that can go under people's noses for so long. So like I said, I've met Eric before. Like I, I actually, funnily enough, I really understand, um, what he's, what he means that so many women have, who have been uh, victimized and, uh, and, and groomed. And, um, I would say probably straight up raped by Tim Ballard. I've been talking to him because he is one of those dudes. He's a solid, nice, friendly, understanding, caring, empathetic dude to talk to regardless of all of his other stuff. So that's your nuance. Ho's best take that people were like, when I posted the other video of him calling Tim Ballard to repentance and there, there are people in my comments were like, yeah, but he's like a stinking pile of shit. I didn't like those comments. I'll let people leave them. Cause, uh, 
I, I I see his I see his character, but people can make of what they want with this. So this is the beginning of his live stream that came out, I believe, yesterday. And uh, yes, his big thing is COVID de deniership, and um, I mean that's my entire family, and that's just the waters that I swim in. But overall, he's he's got some apocalyptic, very Mormon beliefs, and he used to be a cop in Salt Lake City. Uh, tonight. Tonight, I had another difficult conversation with three more victims of Tim Ballard's manipulation and sexual predat uh, predatory behavior. A few other influential witnesses were there um, on the call. Uh, we heard these heart-wrenching stories and more of Tim Ballard's blueprint grooming tactics. I, I guess I'll call them systematic grooming um, tactics. Um, and so I'll go, I'll go over these. Um, higher caring, uh, attractive women who have great desire to help children. Um, inflate a sense of importance by convincing these women, uh, most often mothers and wives, that they will be a big part of saving children by being an undercover operative. Once a once sense of purpose is inflated, training sessions began. While there is some legitimate undercover training being done in these cases that I've spoken with, um, training would also consist of creating sexual chemistry. Um, inti intimacy was did, Tim. So to create a sexual chemistry and intimacy, intimacy was needed uh, for Tim. This level of int intimacy varied from kissing and petting, naked showers to oral sex and possibly more. So from what I understand, uh, Tim Ballard um, was the only member of the OUR to participate in these types of training sessions. So it's possible that some of the other tr uh, trainers, they'd go on these couples, the ruse, this couple ruse thing. Um, and sometimes i guess some of them would hold hands uh, we also understand um let me see if i, I got let me go back here um <clears throat> we also understand that his dismissal resignation from our was due to internal complaints due to his sexual behavior so this is really important okay this is really important um because a lot of people are saying why is this coming out now why oh it's really so suspect now which i understand but when all this stuff pieces together you're going to understand why this is a big deal okay um the women were manipulated to participate in these trainings under the guise that they were helping to save children that this activity had the blessing of elder ballard that the medium and psychic janet uh, Janet Russo gave readings and inspiration that was the divine will. Questions were asked from Tim uh, to these women. Uh, what are you willing to do to save children? <sighs> Sorry, I get emotional about this kind of stuff, you guys. Like, this is, this is deep stuff. Um, demand complete confidentiality from the victims right so so this process was like you can't tell anybody about this right um have victims erase all digital correspondence with uh which was meant to be part of the couple's ruse 
in the supported case that a sex trafficker grabbed their phone and wanted to see salacious material, they would see correspondence from said victim and Ballard. Um, possibly Ballard would maintain the correspondence and cherry pick text to make it look like he could blackmail them if they said anything about the ruse. His particular operations did not yield the amount of sex trafficked children he is claiming. So this is all notes, okay? Um, many of the other operatives were much more successful than Tim not using the couple's ruse. Um, multiple marriages have been broken up. Um, Tim is attached to this psychic medium, Janet. It's my very first episode I did with Shalise last Monday when the news kind of broke. Um, John Dillon told me that part of the reason that M. Russell Ballard said that, that denunciation to not, not keep your name out of my mouth, Tim Ballard, that it had directly to do with the, the sexual misconduct allegations. And that actually does make a lot of, that's the only thing that makes sense in all of this. So I'm glad that Eric is brave enough to actually hear out these women. And like I was posting on the screen that he looks genuinely shook by this man's behavior that he's known as a close friend for a long time. And they both speak at the Book of Mormon Evidence Conference. So they both are kind of in this Rod Meldrum schism on their own. That's where I met Eric. And um, you can tell that he just is trying to get down to the truth and cannot believe the type of a atrocities uh that tim ballard is responsible for so if this is seven women i'm sure it's probably going to be strewn out over a decade and that makes sense why multiple marriages would have would have been ruined and have been ended and for all of this to coming from a man who you go to the oer websites everything is about we got to save the kids save the kids save the kids and again in my 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 conservative Mormon Kara is right. She's still here. She always was. I used to work for the nonprofit. It was all about, you know, family unification and adoption reform. And that Kara is still alive and well today. And it's like, all right, Tim Ballard, you were what kids were you actually saving that you didn't try to actually commercialize and monetize their stories for your own gain? And then the power that you used, you were able to uh, leave your your family, your nine kids, your wife with a fraudster and a monster for who they now have to deal with and manipulating so many women and families of broken marriages and broken households, all based on your manipulations. So the saving the kids thing, people can really save it. Cause that's what makes me the most upset is that like that value is like the value to end coercion and extortion and uh, like to involve the proper levels of consent is uh, is kind of just core to who I am and always have has been, you know. And so, it's it's really infuriating to be on this side of of Mormonism as an ex Mormon and a leftist and trying to see the systems that are in place and and how people get away with the things that cause harm to people. But I'm us. It's, it's the Satan that's got a hold of it. It's people who don't have the right family values. Be like motherfucker. Um, I, I, me and Aaron, yeah, me and Aaron, we've we tried to figure out if we got married in a cult and 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 if we wanted to stay married and we had that discussion, we thought we we're gonna get divorced, not too bad, but we decided to stay together because guess what, our kids mean everything to us. I'm not saying people who get divorced that your kids don't mean everything to you. I'm trying to say that like all we had to do was just kind of refocus 
and push other things out of our lives. And, and there's a lot of, uh, just talking down to, to ex Mormons and to people who are not religious that we don't share your same family values. Fuck that queer people can be parents. Divorced moms can be great moms. Everybody can do better than you, Tim Ballard, because you just fucked up your whole kid's lives. So thank you, Rebecca. I love the honesty between you and Aaron. So refreshing. It's because everything is, I don't take anything too seriously in my life because no one, no one is that big of a meanie to me. I actually only surround myself with like kind of genuinely good people. And if they're not good people, they're not in my life, you know? So, all right. That's my first rant, but I'm going to keep my throat's kind of hurting from all this ranting. So I'm going to stay quiet for a while. I'm just going to keep playing the rest of Eric's clips. There's a lot of them. So that got to the, the main crux of the problem. The main issue here being that Tim Ballard was telling women that for this couple's ruse, again, stop, stop bullshitting us guys. The allegations are that he's showering with women in the vice article in the investigation that he's needing to sleep with them. Does that mean in a bed or does that mean intercourse? I wouldn't even call them just like allegations at this point. We want to follow evidence. And we want to see what other things come out, but this is definitely a pattern. And this is, this is, uh, into the serious territory of long-term coercion and grooming and blackmail and ruining of families. And again, when I was going back to like the word radio clips, that's what was really frustrating about those because they're saying like the way that Greg Matson was describing the couple's ruse. Like, yeah, we have to put these things on the phone and sometimes they hold hands. Bullshit. That is not what the allegations are. Tell us why there are allegations of you needing to shower together. Explain those, Tim. So as I'll play in a second, his, his response on Instagram, we're not talking about flirting. And as it is apparent that there's something within Tim Ballard that made him think that he was going to get away with finding very attractive female operatives and training them and love bombing them like a narcissist, grooming them and convincing them under the direction of, of, of himself as a, a man in authority to say that he also speaks for that other man in authority. And if you're Mormon, you should believe me that I've talked to M. Russell Ballard. And if you're curious about this psychic, if she's actually legit, former operatives have said that Tim Ballard said that the psychic was all cool and kosher with the apostle of the church. And that is how much people have outsourced their, their critical thinking and their intuitions. And if you've hear, heard me rant on my channel at all, is that not what I always come back to? It's that we're in this system where people think that somebody else can, can speak for them and, and, and people and women are, are kind of just expected to, to sit down and shut up and that you'll just be called You'll be called the whore. You'll be called the the worst names. You'll be called the one who's trying to tear down this man who's trying to go after sex trafficking children. What if in the best case scenario, he is trying to go after sex uh, trafficked children? And that's what makes me also the most frustrated because I'll show in my video next week, I'm going to edit together the amount of times that Tim Ballard has said whenever somebody has moderately attacked him, like in Atlantic articles, questioning his numbers, 2 million children are really sex trafficked every year. And he's like... Well, because you published that article and doubted my fake statistics, more children are going to get sex traffic now. I see that in my comment section every day too, because we're talking about the things he's doing and done. That's bullshit. We can't. How long do you want to survive in a system system with this type of men and this authoritarian control where you can't actually speak up when they've done 
horrible, wrong things. So there's no excuse for saying that you need to have oral sex so that you have chemistry so that at a future later date and time, when you're at like a brothel, you'll be able to have chemistry. Tim, if you don't have chemistry with an actress who is, who is trained to be your wife, then you're not the right operative there. And like Tim, like uh, Eric said, other people had more success. Other people did it just as fine. So your excuses are failures on every single front. Tim Ballard, every single front. Talk openly about this. Okay. When I first saw this, um, with, with the church, the church, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints and the response. And to be honest, I'm just going to be honest. I was upset. I was upset. This is, this is, I didn't understand. It didn't make any sense. I thought it was political. Right. And so me, I, it was very frustrating to me because it's like, this looks like a, somebody like within our church is, you know, a political hit job. I'm just, I'm just giving you my honest feel about this stuff. That's what I was thinking. So then um, I'm now kind of defending him, right? I got a couple messages from his guys like, hey, here's the presser. So I'm sending this stuff out defending him, right? Um, I did a live video about it. I took it down. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I'm just, I'm trying to piece all this stuff together. And then I got a message from somebody. Um, I don't want to explain go too far into detail but i talked to this first person and um this person said i'm i'm one of them i'm one of them and i and i know this isn't going to make sense for a lot of you guys it's not going to make sense but all i can say is that when you know you know and this isn't has anything to do with my my police background and my interviews it has nothing to do with that. It's like, when you know, you know, and, and I knew right then, but I wanted to get details. So I, I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions. I made my, um, and I got a lot more details because, you know, when I did my first couple posts, um, my first couple posts were, it was vague, right? There was a lot of like people like, Hey, there's gotta be more than this. You just heard one person. Now you're coming out. This is this is a total hit job. And, and it was like, you guys, this is not, this is not a Kavanaugh moment. Like this, this is, these are people, these are operatives. Does that make sense? These, these, these women were operatives. These aren't just like these random uh, tips. And, and so then I, I heard more testimony the next day and more testimony and um, and I'm just, and so now I have an opinion. Now, a lot of people are saying like, they're saying things like, how dare you, how dare you do this? Like, how dare you come out? Like you can't be doing, you're not the judge. You're not the jury. Have you guys seen those comments? You're not the judge. You're not the jury. So why are you, are you the executioner? You should be doing this. And it's like, you guys don't understand what he's doing. I believe he knew this was coming. He knew this was coming. This is the exact reason why this was the exact reason why he did this whole Senate stuff, because he knew this stuff was going down. And, and so now, I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking brilliant. And so, um, 
and I do have a message for Tim at the very end. I do have a message for Tim at the very end because, um, and, and for people that want to now, you know, um, I have a message at the very end. Um, so, and so what I'm trying to say is that I, he's trying to play it both ways. So everyone's like, you can't do this in the court of public opinion. He's the one that's doing it in the court of public opinion. He's the one that's doing it. He's the one that's using everybody around the world right now. Literally, that movie is going around the world. I think it's like number one right now in like Brazil or something. So he's doing this in the court of public opinion and, and, and knows dang well that there's a lot of moving parts that these stories can't be told right now, or at least aren't going to be told right now. And so this isn't about people are like, oh, you can't judge. I am not judging this man to heaven or hell. I am not the final judge. We are all sinners. It, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're on the left. It doesn't matter if you're on the right. It doesn't matter who you are. We are all sinners. And that's what I was trying to convey to Tim at the very beginning. I so a uh, lot of good comments there coming in. And I think Eric is spot on with saying that he's the one, Tim's the one who's trying to control, you know, the, the, the entire perception. And it just so happens that Tim, you've done too many things and hurt too many people that now it's time that you actually pay a price for that. And like I said, you can't control that perception anymore. And even if you throw the greatest marketing. You have all the helicopters and you pay all of the, your friends off and you have as many people, you know, lie for you as you, as you possibly can to, to have this entire image. That, that is something that's been made in, in like the court of public opinion. And as I'll get into with his wife, Catherine going on Rod Arquette's show, I, playing that in contrast with what Eric says here is really important. And I, again, that's going to be probably one of the reasons if this video gets demonetized and I genuinely hope that it doesn't, but somebody said, thank you, JC. So gross that fraudster Tim Ballard has made millions and honest people like Kara don't yet at least please support her and other Exmo creators. So I just have to do my own pitch for my own nonprofit, unfortunately, because I just, uh, trying to scrape together a living and trying to build something and would love to be able to continue making content and bringing people information and making it sustainable. So thank you for that. Trent, thank you so much. Here's for your next beer. Thanks. Thanks for the condensed info. That's what I, I live to do. I only make content that I would watch. And if you're bored, then I would probably be bored too. And I wouldn't blame you. Thank you. Thanks Becky. Thanks for covering the story. Excellent work. And this is only a live stream. Can't wait till I have an actual edited video coming together. Um, all right. Continuing to play. Man is not if he makes mistakes, sometimes really big ones, but what he does to correct them. I have made big mistakes in my life. I'm pretty sure that every single person on this live has made some big mistakes in their life. That's not what this is about. This is about that you have a guy that is not only victimizing, and in my opinion, from what it sounds like, still doing it, but you have somebody who is taking down a lot of good people as he goes up. 
so he this you got a guy that's willing to take down everybody and tear down the great state of Utah and to tear down all of it for him. And so I felt, and and I know it's not going to make sense to a lot of people right now. Okay. And, and you know what, this is probably a sin of mine is that I, I care. I probably care too much what people think and I shouldn't, I, I just need to care about the truth, which all of us, all of us should. Um, and all of us have our opinion. Um, we need to be searching for the truth. And, and right now, we need to be speaking out because this is the this is the truth there are multiple women multiple 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 women who have been groomed by tim ballard mm. multiple 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 women who have been groomed by tim ballard and when i watched this last night i really got chills at the part where he said like he is tearing good people down as he goes up and Unfortunately, what I wish that people like Eric kind of understand is this is what a lot of people said. Well, this is not a mistake. This is sexual assault. This is blackmail. This is a much bigger thing than just calling it a mistake and saying that like Christ's atonement can wash this over. But with that being said, that's his language. That's how he understands things that, you know, there are uh, places where your religious beliefs allow you to think that. There is a, a Jesus Christ who can atone. He can turn sins that are scarlet into white as wool. I'm not trying to change that. Um, but just coming from such a, like a very conservative right-wing background myself, like I understood systemic reform, but just in my own areas of what I cared about. I understood that things weren't going to be changed because I said a prayer about them. Like you have to get to work and you have to, you have to change policies so that the impacts that you want to see are actually expressed in society so that's the difference between if i had to talk to eric that i would that i would tell him is that not only is this not a mistake this is a um pattern of uh of a uh, problematic behavior that exists of course all over the world but within mormon men that are in a system where they are able to act in such predatory ways and you can confess to your bishop. You can play bishop roulette and get whatever kind of punishment for a myriad of different things that could be serious crimes. And then within the LDS church, they're not mandatory reporters when you tell your bishop something. Um, and so if you want to see changes in your society, how good is your LDS church at helping the people in it actually um, change themselves and change the systems around them? so that these types of things don't happen as often. So that's where I would like to, I'd like to do a larger, you know, 10,000 foot view to Eric to tell him, thank you for that. But you need to understand that the reasons why, you know, so many ex Mormon women are in your comment section saying, thank you. It's not just because we're like a bunch of like angry feminist bitches who just never loved the church and we hated it. And we all just never like men and we we're just like knew that every man was out to rape us fuck off like when i was a conservative i was a fucking i was an anti-feminist i ran a conservative like 
Like, look at these people complaining about bullshit over here without understanding. Oh, they're talking about systemic issues. Like people will have these little isolated experiences or women will complain about like the, the patriarchy is making the air conditioning too cold in this, this office. And then a bunch of right wingers will just rant on that for five hours on their podcast. It's bullshit. It's just making fun of people who are having different experiences because of their gender. And then when those experiences involve actual serious sexual misconduct and, and things to do with their autonomy being taken away from them, especially from a culture and from a man where their, their access to birth control, their access to even just basic sex education, um, and, and abortion being the most outrageous sin of all, it's all coming from a culture and from a patriarchy that all tells women what place that they're supposed to stay in. And it's just bullshit. There's, there's bigger items outside of just, you know, this is a mistake. This again has gigantic ramifications on the lives. Tim Ballard, what are you going to do to, to repair the, the, the women whose, you know, hearts and minds and psyches have been broken and traumatized by thinking that they were doing one thing to save kids when actually they were just being manipulated and groomed by a predator and that their endeavor to help save the children possibly caused like unfathomable more amounts of, of harm and damage in their lives, their husband's lives, their children's lives, Tim and Catherine Ballard's children's lives. And again, it makes me very angry for such a pro family type of church and such a pro family type of guy that can talk out of both sides of his mouth, you know, and use children as a shield. And I don't believe in, I, uh, I think that you're probably one of the worst type of people, Tim Ballard, that uses the the worst atrocities and nightmares against children to hide your um, your sexual assaults under under the guise of I'm a good Mormon guy, you can trust me. Um, when in actuality, children are children are innocent in every way. Children are innocent. If you ever want to understand somebody. You understand that they come from their genetics and their conditioning, whether an adult or a child, but especially with children who don't choose where they're born. And then they don't choose if they become sex trafficked and used as, you know, disgusting, like sex toys and the, the worst things imaginable. No kid chooses that. But Tim Ballard does, does actively choose to use their stories and, and manipulate and embellish their stories that they have no rights over. They have no, no choice over. It's a disgusting, despicable act to say, like he said at the, the Boston Monument, yeah, I've done nothing wrong, I've done nothing wrong. And then immediately go straight to my kids, my kids. It's horrible for my kids. And what's ironic is, uh, as I'll play his wife's radio interview, she actually says the kids are, kids are being fine. All the friends at school are being real supportive. So at any any chance that he can not take accountability for his actions. It sounds like he does. And he hides behind just the innocence of children. Again, you put a lot of the pieces together with, with what I described with trafficking um, and, and orphanages and Haiti and, and having kind of a price over your head that doesn't equate to giving people the type of systemic reform and things that would help get them out of poverty, access to birth control. None of those things are, are on the chopping block. They're not 
on the agenda for people like Tim Ballard. The thing, the world could go on just as miserable and have as many problems in place. But if I can profit off of it, if I can find a way that the, the very horrors that I'm talking about, I can benefit from them. So you have the trafficking of in, in, in adoption ways that I uh, have, a, have a lot of issues with the ways that they run their orphanages. And then on top of that, I, the idea that, that the sexual predators are out there, be afraid of the leftists, be afraid of the people who don't want God in school, be afraid of the media, be afraid of everybody else except for me. And again, like trust is, is uh, supposed to be earned, but in, in so many religious cultures, like I talked about with Ben Park last night, there's just, he, he uses way too many smarty pants words for me, but the word that I would use is just there's, there's uh, dog whistles and ways that people connect and they think that other people are trustworthy because you believe the same types of things in the same types of circles. And I think everyone should be suspicious. That's why I'm the nuance. Oh, I left Mormonism to be like, I never want to just be wholesale into anything ever again, except for what Tim Ballard would be like, do you know that like everybody who's not us just loves crushing the skulls of babies? How do you expect literally one of his speeches is like, how do you expect people who have been raised to believe it's okay to crush the skulls of babies their entire lives to be able to know, to tell the difference between, you know, pedophilia and like a healthy adult relationship. So it's just, his arguments are for people with low IQs. Ben Park didn't want to say that last night, but I'll say it. You're, you're attracting some of the most gullible people into Mormonism to begin with. And then people who, who, uh, their heartstrings are pulled and he's able to manipulate and get away with all of these things. <sighs> oh man. So anyway, Thanks, Eric. I'm going to play some more clips of Eric as I go on, but um, I appreciate him for saying these things and listening to these women, but it's multiple women who have been groomed. Multiple women of Tim Ballard have been told that they need to give him oral sex because what we assumed at first was that like the sex traffickers aren't even there. I didn't assume that it was because he was going to be able to manipulate. I did not even think that he was able to manipulate a woman to the degree that anyone would think that those actions would be necessary for chemistry when you're out at a brothel. Um, I honestly think that if you're, you're good enough at your job, you don't need to rape people. Generally speaking, I think that's a good, put that on billboards, wear it on t-shirts, rain the leaflets down at parades. Kara said it here first. If you're good at your job, you shouldn't need to rape anybody. Oh. Uh, Eric starts talking about how just bizarre and disgusted Tim Ballard's post was about the couple's ruse. And to introduce it, Tim said, or Eric said, I believe Ballard, his Senate run announcement was a, th was to throw up a smoke screen. That's what I think will come out shortly. And you'll understand. And the latest video that he just did was so bizarre. So let me play what Tim Ballard said, because he knows this is coming. Like, like he knows he's, he's got to throw up something running for Senate, something couples ruse like this idea that, that I'm going to, if I just lie to you enough and tell you this new, new thing that you might not have heard of, you won't ask any follow-up questions about what that actually entailed. Cause you're not going to want to know that it entailed me forcing my female operatives that are so brave and so wonderful. So listen to just what a narcissistic manipulator he is in this. Like, I just, I don't know about you guys. I just see, I see through people so fast. Like this is, 
this, this guy, he's just got such manipulative language. So Eric said it was pretty bizarre. And I just think that he's very transparently um, a fraud. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a very important undercover tactic that we use that involves female operators. I don't like to give away tactics because by doing that, it puts people at risk and maybe we rescue less kids. But based on the allegations that are flying around and the questions being asked, we've decided that it's better to tell you these tactics so that we can preserve the vehicle that continues to rescue children. And so I'm going to tell you, and while I do so, I'm going to pay homage, respect, love, and gratitude for these female operators who serve such an important role, maybe the most important role in rescue operations. You need to understand that children don't just fall out of the sky. They don't fall into your desk. It's a very proactive work and it's dirty and it's ugly and nothing about it could possibly relate to the world that the rest of us live in. Going undercover to find children is wading through a sewer. These children are found in places like strip clubs, brothels, dirty spas, places where high-end escorts are controlling the, the situations, traffickers. So if I am a man or one of my operators walks into one of these places and is approached by a trafficker trying to put a child to, to, to service on that person or a sex worker, and that man, now you think about this, and that man, that operator doesn't partake of what's being offered. They lose credibility. They're kicked out of the place and no one's going to get rescued. And so we came up with a concept that we call the couple's ruse or the couple's tactic where you go in together pretending to be a husband or a wife or boyfriend, girlfriend. Now you go in and one of you or could, could pretend that, yes, I, I want to partake in this sex act with this woman or this child, you know, but I can't because my girlfriend won't let me, but maybe we can do it later. So is that cool? Like, let's keep talking and, and she'll warm up to it eventually. That's one idea. There's a hundred different ways to do it, but the bottom line is we block for each other. So the trafficker sees the situation, recognizes that I have every excuse not to partake and he won't kick me out. And now I have the opportunity to build rapport, to get more intel, to dig deeper. It has worked. Hundreds, maybe thousands of children on my watch have been rescued using this amazing tactic. But it hurts. It beats you up. I just listened to my wife on Rod Arquette last night, and I cried as I listened to what she was saying, that it requires great healing. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I'm, I'm grateful to tell you that we, we draw lines. We have rules, very specific rules. So we keep our morality and, and my faith, keep my covenants that I've made with my wife. And I have. And so I want to thank all of you who have sacrificed, men and women, who have sacrificed so much. I know what you're dealing with because I deal with it. And now's the time for me to heal. The sound of freedom has made it impossible for me to do operations anymore because it got too big and it probably saved my life. As I've had these talks over the last several weeks with these amazing heroic female operators, they want their voices heard. They want you to know what it's been like for them working with me and other operators. 
you, the supporters, you, the donors, it's time for you to look under the hood and you can make your own decision about these tactics. But I want to pay homage to these female operators. I want to give them their opportunity to tell their story and bear their witness to the amazing work that they have done working with our teams. So please, over the next several days, listen to their testimonies, listen to the work they've done, and thank God for them for rescuing these children. So that was pretty rehearsed. That was pretty scripted. Um, that was pretty gross. As you guys might've noticed, a couple things stood out to me. Comments are flooding in. I'll try to read a bunch. So first thing, the amount of times that he says for the kids, for the kids, for the kids, we do this thing we don't want to do. It's for the kids, for the kids. Research, researched OUR a lot. And he speaks in these numbers that are so fraudulent from the very beginning, because how do you, how do you, as Tim Ballard make, you know, upwards of $300,000 a year in just one organization in your income, just one out of his many, many different organizations, book deals, movies that are 100% false that are supposed to be based on true story. How do you do all of that? You say that it's, it's for the kids who isn't for the kids. So if you're for the kids, you're for me. And if you're, I'm going to call you stupid. If you're in the comment section and you're still after watching all of this, still thinking that there's some evil agenda going on here. Um, you want to turn to superstitious thinking that there's some evil plot against Tim Ballard. You were welcome to do so, but the people who actually have integrity and honesty and empathy for women, because we know that we don't want to live in a world where Tim Ballards are allowed to exist, where they are allowed to say that children, this children, that, and get away with lying and manipulating their ways to being millionaires all on the backs of other people who actually do care about kids and are being manipulated and groomed into coercive, disgusting behaviors that satisfy some sick, twisted man's ideas of, of, of what he's entitled to. Because again, this is all an entitlement problem with a narcissist like Tim Ballard. He thinks he is entitled to make this much money. He's entitled to, like I said, be, eventually be an apostle of the church. This is a clear pattern of like narcissism of entitlement and that anyone who's against me, they hate me because they're against kids and they're for sex trafficking. So it's really obvious and really transparent how many times he throws away, throws around the word kids, 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 kids. Don't you want to save the kids? It's all for the kids. And again, I've researched OUR extensively this week and the numbers he throws out are, uh, they're just fraudulent. It's hard to say how many kids you've saved ever doing what. And his numbers starting with 2 million children are in the commercial sex trade industry worldwide right now. He says 150 to 200,000 children in America are, are commercial sex slaves. And that's a big difference because he's not going after children who are being groomed. He's not going after just children who, um, like actually what the, the basis of the sound of freedom movie is it's a, the plot is totally fiction. He was working at the border. There was a van with this gross looking white guy and the child, um, this little like Hispanic boy, I think named, can't remember, but yeah, there's a boy at the border, didn't have any identification. 
and they take him in and there's a bunch of videotapes in the back. And yeah, it's some, some CP, if you know what I mean. And, uh, Tim Ballard, when he tells the stories, he says like, oh, we recognized him from these videos of the, the CP that we were looking at. And we said, that's that boy. This is all for just dramatic flair and effect. You were just working your job and a boy came through who just happened to be under the care. All right, let me use a better word than care. Under the, uh, the entrapment of a longtime pedophile who lived up in San Bernardino. And Tim Ballard tells these stories. He says it one way. When he tell, talks about the original Sound of Freedom, he says that children are being uh, kidnapped from America and taken to Mexico. And then sometimes it's kids are kidnapped from Mexico into America. And what does that lead to? It leads to him talking about the border wall, the need for a border, the, the border wall, the wall, the wall, the wall, and satisfying the Trump demographic that wants to hear him say those things. But you don't have the evidence, but he does have stories. So stories about, about 200,000 kids. They're, he's not talking about ones who are just being molested in, um, at scout camp at the LDS church. He's talking about commercial, as I, as I just, as I defined at the beginning of this, it's, it's important to get our definitions down because that's what he's talking about, that he's helping the kids get away from being a, a, a full-time sex slave as a child, the most horrific thing your brain can't even imagine. And as somebody who did undergo a lot of like sexual abuse in my childhood, um, anybody who knows, knows it's just don't, don't, uh, conjure up things that just send the worst shivers down everyone's spine so that people just fork over money without asking questions, because there are actually reasons why sex trafficking happens to children and adults. And it has a lot more to do with, with poverty and it has a lot more to do with this type of abuse. Maybe they're not chained inside a jail cell. Like he, he made up about these Venezuelan women in, uh, in the Dominican Republic. He has to go out of his way to say the most horrible things that conjure up the most horrible images. So people give him money so that he can hide behind those stories, but they're just stories. Um, do those, those stories really happen? hundred percent. Absolutely. I'm sure they happen on mass in all hell holes around the earth. The difference is that Tim Ballard is not the one to be trusted, um, to actually, um, bring any kind of, not just reform to prevent those types of things coming. It's not one rogue guy playing Rambo. Who's got a God complex as a job to, to solve those problems as much as I wish that it was, trust me, I wish more than anything that 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 Operation Underground Railroad was able to have $18 million in their bank account and send people around the globe to free children and men and women and adults from sex slavery. I wish that was a thing that that was actually feasible, but that is not that that's a nice story of of humanity coming together for the best for our children. But he's able to hide behind that. And it's it's a it's a weird means to the end to uh, in the name of of apparently saving the children to do so many horrific things and ruin so many lives. The other thing that I noted was he said, there's a hundred different ways to do the couple's ruse. That's telling. Well, isn't that a fucking reveal there? There's a hundred different ways to do the couple's ruse. Sometimes we just hold hands at the, the brothels and they know that I'm with her and I can't partake right now. And then sometimes they know that I'm really with her 
that like we bang all the time. And I'm just like hungry for sex, 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 sex. And as a matter of fact, me and this, my, my wife, we just had sex before we came here and I'm just an honest guy. And I wanted to make sure that it happened so that if, you know, the sex traffickers act, asked us what we like, we can have like a fresh memory for it. And we're also clean and showered and we smell nice. So everything's been, been soaped up. It's bullshit. Like there's a hundred different ways to do this couple's ruse. No, there's legal ways, manipulative ways, grooming ways. And then there's the ways that, that you're talking about. The ways that you're talking about aren't the ways that you did it though, Tim. So why talk about a hundred different ways if the, the ways that you're talking about are not true to the story? Oh my gosh, it's just like everything else you've ever talked about, you gigantic fraud asshole piece of shit. <laughs> like, everything is the way to actually save sex trafficked children isn't the way that you're doing it either with a camera crew and uh, selling merchandise. So this is very stereotypical and I'm, I'm happy that that Eric is telling him that he needs to, to at least come to some type of Jesus, if not the Mormon one, please Lord. But no, I think we're dealing with, um, no psychopath. Mm, I don't throw on that word. I don't throw on the word narcissist and psychopath all the time. No, this is, this is pathological, like broken brain from a lifetime of being Mormon. No, all right. I won't, I won't, I won't limit this entirely. <laughs> his actions are of his own accord, to be honest. Okay. Next church publicly released a statement through a random public affairs person and distanced themselves from Tim Ballard in an unprecedented news release. Uh, you guys already know I don't speak for the church. I don't speak for the church. If the charges and allegations are true, as stated above, and Tim Ballard used Elder Ballard's name and goodwill to extract sexual favors or money or whatever it is, what would you do as an organization? Um, why are you involved in helping these victims? Um, what what was the other question that people were saying? Um, it's difficult. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple. Well, let's see. Who do you believe in a world of lies? You have to come to account of discernment. You never know if these women are a part of a darker plan. Well, see, and this is where this and here we are, right? Like. This is where you have to judge, like you have to make your decisions. And sometimes these things, you, you think this is the end of it? Like this is just the very beginning of what's coming. This is just the very beginning. Like we, now here we go into my beliefs, right? So you guys can just move on and go off of whatever, but we are in the last days. We are going to, you know, and these are just my, I believe that we are like approach like, you know how you hear the last days? I think it's like we're beyond last days. We're in the final seconds. And I believe that it is our duty to, to speak truth, especially and especially when you know that you have to. But when somebody comes to you and you know, you know, and then when it keeps coming, it's not just one, it's not just one random tip right? One random tip, like when there is a huge pattern, circumstantial evidence, the totality, this is a big deal. And I, I believe these women, and I believe that things are going to happen pretty quickly, if I were to guess. And I, I care about truth. And 
So somebody somebody asked like, why are you involved in helping these people? Well, I for those of you that that know, yeah, I know I'm biased. Like, there's probably some people on here watching me that hate every bit of my politics. They hate a lot of my takes. I care about truth. I think it's really important that all of us, no matter what side of the political spectrum you are, what's the truth? Let's talk about that. Um, and I believe we're commanded to speak truth. And I believe we're commanded to shine light. And and sometimes that sucks, even when we're sinners ourselves. Um, I heard these stories and knew despite being a former friend. Um, and, and when I say former friend, it's like, you guys, I am on record multiple, multiple times supporting. I did an event. We did an event with Tim Ballard down in St. George where we got like 6,000 people during COVID. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, I think anyone who knows this crew knows that Tim and Eric are good buds. And there's there's only so much that, you know, your your camp, Tim, can say and do when your actions are so harmful with so many spider webs of lies being told that even your own buds who are trying, because again, I always like to say that like Mormons generally, I don't think are bad people. I think there's good Mormons and that there's good people within the church and people who, you know, they stand up for what's right. They see something that is harmful and going on. They want to stand up for children. Of course, that's the idea of the gospel is supposed to be something that, you know, attracts people who want to serve others and be their best selves. I'm not, not denying that type of religious experience. I'm the new one. So after all, um, so I think there's so many ex Mormons who they leave the church because of course they do that because it's like their integrity and authenticity and their commitment to truth is on the line. And so everybody who's an ex Mormon for those reasons for leaving, there's also Mormons who are in the church who have those same, those same through lines exist. And so for anyone who would possibly say that they don't believe Eric and that he's talked to these women and these are their stories and their experiences with Tim, then you're, you're really playing hard. You're playing, you're playing at bat for, um, you're on the league and you are on the team. There is a baseball team. You're a part of it. Um, but you are going to bat for the things that if you're a supporter of OUR, um, actually perpetuates going back to the Curtin McConkie cover-ups, being a member of the LDS church, um, as much as it can help and serve people's lives in their communities. Uh, you have like, once you, once you know, you know, once you know how corrupt certain institutions are, you know that your kids wouldn't be safe there. You know that your friends wouldn't be safe there. You know that, that victims are not believed there. They're not given justice and it's, it's covered up and, this perpetual like motion machine of just people in power being able to suffocate down people's actual lived experiences and nothing changes, but children keep getting harmed. So to the most ardent supporters of Tim OUR and the LDS church generally, um, 
I think you're seeing somebody like Eric right now who knows that if, you know, a female friend of his came to him and said the same thing about any institution that he liked, he would, he would try to, to do the best to side with what is true, listen to their experiences and look at the culmination of the data. And that's kind of what Eric points out in this is this is, this is not a one-off thing. This is when you have so many things all work on, working in tandem with so many overlapping layers and stories of similar coercion. And if he's on a Zoom call with, sounds like two or three of those same women at the same time, what do you think, conspiracy theorist, Mormon Tim Ballard fans? Is this just all a plot of like, I'm assuming very conservative Mormon women who also just want to work for Satan and there's something evil and deceptive going on here? Or are we, are we really going to play that game and go to bat for people in an institution, whether it's the LDS church or Tim Ballard himself, but he'll pull everyone down to put himself up just like the church, just like Joseph Smith, just like a lot of narcissistic leaders currently and in the past. So what happens when that comes to your front yard? And I don't think Eric was expecting, you know, when he was putting up these posts to support Tim Ballard, that somebody was going to reach out and say, I am one of those victims. She probably is, is very conservative and is probably runs in all these circles. That's why she probably worked for OUR. And it takes smart, honest, brave people. But what I would hope would just be the status quo of what a being a good human being would be. We weren't so conditioned to just play into tribalist bullshit. What I would hope is the standard reaction of everybody, which is to, to see systems of power and how obvious it is that Tim Ballard has been a fraud for so long and how obvious it is that he's been put in this position where he's just, he's like Jesus. Like you can't even crucify him though. Like I'm impenetrable. I work for the kids. Don't you know it? So for, for Eric to be able to come out and say those things, um, I'm proud of him. He's brave, but the next layer is what happens when it's inside the walls of a church building and a child or a woman or somebody has been, has been abused and, People like to defend the church all day long, but not a lot of people defend the church um, after their children are, you know, sexually abused and groomed by a bishop or a scout leader because they understand how dangerous the lack of uh, of reforms and the lack of oversight that exists in the church um, it bleeds out into everything. All because we believe in the priesthood authority, the very thing that you believe in and stake your life to that gives you the meaning is also the thing that can take it. I didn't mean that to sound so poetic, but that's what you get in a live stream. So if you're watching on audio, so you just, I'm just going to give my, you just put up a picture of him and Tim just to kind of reiterate him and him and Tim go way back. Message to Tim. I don't know if he's even going to see this. I love you, brother. There's nothing. There's nothing that can't be done. There's nothing that can be done that Christ can't fix. I know that. And I hope that if you come to Christ 
and you go through the process. I've been through processes. He will forgive you. <clears throat> and I know that the, I know that the atonement is real. This is why we're here. Is that we all we all are sinners. And we all make really big mistakes. And and you can come back and I I can people are forgiving, right? People are forgiving. And some people aren't, and they're always going to, that's just their nature, right? Um, but people are forgiving. And so just do the right thing. Don't put any more people in this wake. Please do the right thing. Um, mm. Again, Eric's just kind of, He's obviously extremely sadded and broken up, broken up. And instead of living in the cognitive dissonance of like, these seem, things seem true, but I don't know how to grapple with it. Um, he's having like a full breakdown, realizing that this friend, person that he trusted was capable of doing some horrible things. And kudos to him for, for hearing this woman out and listening to them. Um, it's, again, like I mentioned, so many ex-Mormon women in Eric's comment section Saying thank you, thank you, thank you. So um, earlier I left his name. It's it's hidden. It's gone now. I can leave it again in his Instagram. But it'd be nice if anyone could go over there and just show him some love. And um, this isn't one of those things where it's like a bunch of ex-Mormons are all trying to tear down the church. And now we found somebody who aligns with us. And that's the only reason that we're thanking him. I'm like, tribalism, you guys. <laughs> like, if people can only think in terms of like, my guy is good over here and people who don't have the spirit who left my church, who don't think it's true, who, who just make up anti-Mormon lies about it. Then anyone who agrees with those anti-Mormon lies, like the conspiracy theorists are going to conspiracize all day, but truth be told, uh, women shouldn't be put in these types of positions that Tim Ballard put them in and groomed and manipulated and sexually harassed and, and, you know, probably all the way up till some type of forcible rape. I think we all agree that no woman should be put in those positions of what uh, at least he's being accused of base level. But based on Eric's testimony here, if this was this was a, a court of law and that was a jury, um, I think that we would understand that Eric sounds like a, a really trustable witness. And this goes bigger than tribalism. It goes to what kind of society do we want to live in where, you know, people... Um, Yes, false accusations can be made, but Tim has tried to build up this, this bulletproof persona that he's, he's hiding behind. And it's just, it's not fair to these women. It's really insulting that he can, uh, I remember the journalist from Vice on, Min, ma, 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 I almost said Midnight Mormons, they would never, on Mormon stories, when they were like, and also how insulting is that, that Tim Ballard is like, they just misunderstood seven women misunderstood. So either your training sucks, which it does. There's a lot of other good vice articles. I'd love to talk about another time about how, uh, just absolutely shitty and not professional. They're going on like scavenger hunts 
And now it's like, now you're ready to go be an operative. And they have this persona that's like, it's all ex Navy SEALs and CIA and we're all these big tough guys. And it's not, they allow Paul Hutchinson. If you saw what Paul Hutchinson looked like, no offense, Paul, but um, yeah, you're not like Mr. Tough Guy or Glenn Beck on these operations. So again, this persona of the type of people who we put in these situations and the training is, is so diligent. So if you want to play that hand, that it's just this really uh, uh, intense focused training for our operatives, but then basically Tim saying like, well, they just misunderstood all these seven allegations of these women. They just misunderstood. And now they're trying to say that these, these pictures that I had to send them my naked self in their, in, in my underwear adorned with tattoos that they just misunderstood. They like, I was trying to come on to them. Well, as Eric says, you were very manipulative, Tim, and very blackmaily and had sounds like total mind control. And that's really possible under that type of organization with that type of love bombing from a narcissist. Um, it's, it sounds like these women have absolutely been through hell and it's really condescending for Tim to be like, Anyone who doesn't understand this, they just misunderstood. Well, maybe your training sucks and maybe you um, need to actually understand that, that the game is over. Like there's, there's no more playing this idea that it's just this couple's ruse. Seven women just didn't misunderstand the text messages you sent in your underwear. Seven women didn't misunderstand uh, that what a uh, grooming coercion and like psychological manipulation and forcible sex all in the guise of saving kids. They're not that stupid anymore. They might've been able to be manipulated for a while. They might be able to manipulate some other people who don't know the full facts, but as I said, it'll come out and you're not going to be able to manipulate everyone forever. Tim Ballard. Okay. Now we're getting into Tim's wife's comments. Um, somebody was saying, that they think that, you know, Catherine, she, she, she knows everything. She knows everything and she's covering for her husband. Who knows what she knows? Who knows what she even wants to know? Um, but I think solely based on uh, Tim's patterns of behavior over the years, everybody at some point, if they are married to a narcissist, knows that they're married to a narcissist at some point, And then they decide you know, if the benefits outweigh the risks of leaving, she has nine kids. So I believe in my heart of hearts, she narcissists don't work really well with other narcissists. So she is probably a very sweet woman to her core that has been wholly manipulated, um, by Tim over the years that she believes the things that he believes and the lies that he tells she believes. So friend, an easy one, like a lot of people believe that there are 2 million children who are um, in the commercial sex trade industry just because Tim Ballard says it. And again, talking about the episode I did last night with Ben Park, you will be so smart if you listen to that. I cannot recommend it enough. But he talks about that idea that if you hear something crazy and it's just somebody said that the angel Moroni visited George Washington, you'd be like, what? But if Tim Ballard believes that the angel Moroni visited George Washington, because you already align yourself with them, whether you believe it or you are much more susceptible to believing it, you're already so ingratiated in, in this. It's, it's really a 
you know, psychological control of a narcissist while also being a, a female in the church who has nine kids. And then I can't leave out the, the adoption agency, the children need families, they're inflated numbers. And you, you can make a lot of money by marketing yourself as the person who is going to solve the thing that it, it exists. It's a problem, but that you have used your own fake numbers and your ideas, your religious ideas of how to solve that problem. It's very easy for, for people just to believe untrue things because another person believes them. So, um, going back to that whiteboard meeting, Catherine, she's been involved in all of, you know, Tim's schemes throughout the years. So I will let you guys judge what you think of what she says. So I have a couple clips of her talking on the Rod Arquette show. And, um, I feel, I feel bad for her. Like as any, you know, normal person would of like, I don't know how much, you know, sweetie baby doll. I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how much you're lying, but baseline. And you can tell as we play these clips, we meaning you and me are playing these clips together. Um, I, I can tell that she, she's either been lied to way too much that she just believes the lies or she's lying for Tim either way. Uh, I don't think she's interested in the truth, but, um, she, she starts by talking about how her kids, the Roderick asks her how her kids are doing. And she's like, yeah, they're fine. Actually, a lot of people at school have been pretty supportive. So that kind of calls out Tim's thing about how my kids can't handle this. Yeah. They can't handle their dad being like a narcissistic asshole for other reasons. The least of your worries are what the kids at school have to say right now. So let me play this. They are the more in tune they are with mm-hmm. what's going on and and they're just really they're just all kind of looking to me because I'm here and and Tim's not home and they're looking to me saying mom is everything okay and I'm saying guys it's gonna be fine the older children those are probably the toughest discussions to have is it is is it not Catherine with the older children Definitely. who probably understand a lot more than their younger brothers and sisters Definitely. We, we've had a lot of deep, deep conversations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I saw a, a clip of Tim, and uh, uh, my guess is probably five or six years ago, where he said concern that people were coming after him or things were happening in his life, and he was struggling with dealing with that. With all this is going on, how long do you think this has been going on, Catherine? Well, for some reason, when you decide to go against sex trafficking, People come out to attack you on that. We didn't think that that would be such a divisive uh, venture, but it has been. Okay, so that's straight up bullshit. That's straight up like uh, absolutely uh, denying that you know what the allegations are. That's denying that you know uh, how much of Sound of Freedom is made up when you were there, Catherine. You know, it's it's... It's denying reality. It's not that people are, for some reason, when you go after sex trafficking, and I think as she gets into a little bit more, she hints at what those reasons are. Uh, Tim Ballard, in his speeches and his statements, he he is not ambiguous on the reasons why people go after him is because that pedophilia is normalized in the mainstream is what Tim Ballard believes. I listen to his speeches. Pedophilia is in the mainstream and where the, the slow slippery, the, the slippery slope, it's here. He says that there, 
are people who they, they can identify as anything now. So there's people identifying as a child and we've lost. And now we have to take our, our country back with the American covenant. So it's the, 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 some reason that she's saying here, it, uh, I could expand on that reason to them, you know, for an hour. And that reason is a superstitious, uh, tribalist bullshit reason that has nothing to do with the actual arguments, um, that are, that are based in evidence and facts about how so many resources and so much misinformation is going to your husband and to your bank account that could actually be used to, to help more children because there are other, I don't know if anyone knows this, newsflash, there are other organizations that help with sex trafficking, both on a global and local scale, and they don't like OUR. And so it's a bullshit claim to say, for some reason, when you go after sex trafficking, people come after you. The top people who have come after OUR from the beginning have been other credible uh, organizations like um, Polaris, I believe it's called, is like the, the sex trafficking hotline. And they don't even throw around the numbers about how many kids are sex trafficked, but they do go off of the tips that they receive a year. And it's like total adults and children. I think Polaris's count in the US is like 14,000. So they're 24,000 or 14,000. It's not 200,000 kids are sex trafficked because it's, it's people who actually are in the industry, who actually are doing the work, who actually know the statistics, who actually know what helps who are not helped by your misinformation, who are not helped by your fear mongering uh, around how this happens through stranger danger and not the entire swath of our general culture and the, the grooming, especially of people in, in religious positions of power. Those are all the reasons that people from the very beginning, and especially OUR, didn't even start as just going after to save the kids. The story, the, the, uh, the inception of OUR is based on Glenn Beck and, and Tim Ballard trying to film the abolitionist, trying to film uh, going into other countries to go do that. It was, it was always supposed to be a, look at me, I'm the center of this, this really amazing work that I'm doing. It's never been about kids at the center. So people who are about kids at the center, yeah, they're gonna have a lot of problems with all of this bullshit along the way. So that's the first step, straight up one, where I was like, I, your husband sounds like a narcissistic asshole you know, sexual deviant monster who should be in prison and you have nine kids and you are probably experiencing some cognitive dissonance with what you know or you don't know. So that's like my, my nice Kara, but the, the overall thing is just call, call, call everybody, uh, a, a pedo and the worst things in the world. And just, yeah, label everybody that there's these, these reasons when you, when you go after sex trafficking, and we're not playing that game. We know that you guys haven't been going after sex trafficking. The whiteboard proves that from the very beginning, that this was about leading people back to the covenant. Tim Ballard believes literally that the way to solve sex trafficking is bringing people to the covenant. It's not about actual policies and reforms that don't force people into that type of life that a lot of people um, actually like choose to, to engage in sex work. And if you, if you come from such a religious background where, uh, you don't believe in, in that type of bodily autonomy to begin with. You also think that everybody needs to be saved by your religion, but there's also, you know, full-fledged uh, consenting adults who engage in, in prostitution that I'm, I'm sure they would want to rescue them from too. So it's all just this, it's, 
it's all just an us versus them. When we have the data, we know, we know the lies, we know the patterns, and she's probably experiencing some level of cognitive dissonance with her nine kids. So I feel bad, but then I don't because people are actually trying to solve these problems out there and saying stuff like this, that is misinformation right there. But anyone who doesn't like, uh, misappropriated funds, false narratives, and their founder and CEO being a sexual predator in and of themselves. When people don't like that, they just like come after sex, us for sex, stopping sex trafficking. Bullshit. Just like call a spade a spade. That's just full on bullshit. <sighs> Love to rant. Did you feel at any time that I really want to know what's going on here, Tim? Sit down and talk to me about what you're having to go through because he went into some very dangerous situations, I would imagine. Yeah. I I felt like I knew he would say enough. He would say little pieces. I just, I knew. I knew mm -hmm. what was going on. I know what it takes. I know what it takes to be undercover in a dark world. I, I'm not confused about what that means. He's going to have to say some bad words. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to say some disgusting things. He's going to have to pretend to look at some disgusting things. That that's actually really hard for people that that loved him and see his spiritual side. That's really hard for them to process, especially in the Utah LDS culture type of you know strong religious values that I love, mm -hmm. that I cherish, that Tim loves and cherishes. It's hard to reconcile that then this man who is is so great and loves God, now he's going to put on a different hat. He's going to go into really, really disgusting places. He's going to play the persona of, of a trafficker. Mm -hmm. And that is how he convinces bad guys, oh, we can trust this guy. Okay, bring out the kids. And that is how rescues happen. It's ugly. It's, it's terrible. And I haven't been naive to the fact that that means Tim has to say and do things that I never want to hear him say or do. Mm -hmm. So it's all to catch the bad guys. Everything, the bad guys, I understand. Part of the couple's ruse generally uh, makes sense in a, the, only the smallest circumstance. I'm talking about only pretending that you have a partner with you. That if you're at a brothel where there's possibly, you know, children or somebody being held there against their will, that you're there to check it out and you and your wife are just like sex fiends and she's cool with all the stuff you're doing. But how here's the difference, though, especially with the the ruse part. Sorry, this is off topic from what she just said. How often does the general white male who travels to a foreign country, be it Thailand or Colombia, that these operations go on and he brings his really attractive American wife with him. Is that not just a tip off in the first place? Was the couple's ruse invented for the sole purpose of Tim to be able to be in foreign countries away from his wife in, in hotel rooms, working intimately on these projects. And then he, he got the idea that he's able to, to sexually, you know, 
coerce these women and, and exploit their, their love of children. Cause again, the title of this YouTube video is it, it was sex to save the kids. That's what the women have been saying that like, what will you do to save the kids taking advantage of that in a place where does that even, I still don't believe that it's even worked because numbers have always been lies. You can never trust a number that comes up or anything that really comes out of Tim's mouth. Like I said, I need to put together an edit of everything that he said compared with the facts. I don't believe that the average sex trafficker, if you, you look at um, the podcast that he's been pointing everybody to with this girl, um, is it like, starts with an M last name, Nicholas, something of that line, some former operative of his extremely attractive actress. My heterosexuality was even questioned. Very attractive woman. He's on her podcast a bunch of times. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. And she, he points everybody to that in his, uh, his release on the beer fund website about everybody who doesn't like me. It works for sex traffickers and check out this thing about the couple's ruse with this podcast. I did with a super, super attractive female who was one of these operative roles. Maybe she's, she's covering for him because they're in a relationship right now. That's one conspiracy, but, um, you see women like that who are outrageously attractive actresses in these foreign countries. How often are sex traffickers like, wow, the most 10 out of 10 beautiful woman that I've ever seen who it's just like every other day here at my sex club brothel of slaves. It's, you know, the normal American white guy and then his super attractive wife here and their sex addicts. Another day on the job. I, I have a really hard time believing that the couple's ruse even worked. And as Eric stated from these women, uh, people who didn't do that ruse to begin with still had just as much or more success as doing it. So maybe uh, Tim isn't, he's just not interested in the data and he just got his head focused on kids and he's getting all kinds of other revelations. And if Russell uh, and Russell Ballard says that, that that's what you can be doing, or at least he made up that fantasy in his head that, that if he asked, he would say, okay with it. Cause why would grandpa say, no, we're men in the LDS church. We always get what we want. Whatever stories Tim told himself that this is for the kids, he's obviously been caught on it. And I uh, am not a big fan of, of even the couple's ruse idea to begin with. This idea that we're in the, we're in the know, we're in the, we're in the dirtiest, dangerous places. We do things that you wouldn't even know or describe or see. I agree. Anyone who works in, 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 as a, you're a paramedic. I couldn't do your job if you're, uh, the first on the scene to a car accident and you see somebody's there's a billion jobs and then certain policemen that have to scour the internet for and look at cp you know what i mean i don't want to say the word in case something happens on my youtube channel and they don't like me saying that word um i don't doubt that that tim has had to do and say a lot of gross things that you would never want to think about i totally understand that the job of a lot of law enforcement and generally anyone who works in sex crimes. The difference is when you are, uh, you know, maybe there's that, that one-off person who works in the sex crimes unit who really likes looking at the CP because now that they, uh, they're doing it under their own, their own CP ruse that we have to look at it to be able to catch. I'm sure that exists all over law enforcement around the world. Does it not? 
there's there's a there's corrupt people in every different type of job who don't do the job for the right reasons, but under the guise of, of doing the job that people think they, that they wouldn't want to do, they're able to get away with things that they actually want to do. Did that make sense? I thought it was poetic. Okay. Next clip. So this is good. This is about elder Ballard and Tim's relationship. Now I love how she knows so much and she cannot say it. She is really careful with her words here, but it does tell all, does it not? You'll see. What what do I need to be doing? And and Elder Ballard, in just a really loving, grandfatherly way, acted as as an unofficial counsel for us. Mm-hmm. Did they drift apart at all? Did the relationship does it remain strong today? How would you describe it today? Well, I'm going to be very careful because I don't want to. I don't want to offend or be a stumbling block for anyone. Tim and Elder Ballard are very close. They, uh, every time we meet with him, Elder Ballard expresses his love for Tim. Elder Ballard is getting older and he has a lot of health problems. And so he's not as, as around and available as he used to be. Mm -hmm. And, and we just love and support him and our prayers go out to him. And the the day that it became apparent that he was you know, health struggling and and getting older and that he wouldn't always be there for Tim, Tim cried mm. because he did the thought of trying to keep doing this without this loving man counseling him was he he knew that there's you know he's mortal mm-hmm. and. And there was going to be an end to this council, unofficial council. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, that's been hard. I got a sense that there was concern that Tim was inappropriately using Elder Ballard's name and to promote Operation Underground Railroad or his business dealings. Never. How did you, how, when you heard that, what was your response? And what is your response now? People are going to say whatever they want. That's the time that we live in. You can say whatever you want. And my response is, Tim never did that. He never did that. Tim was so careful about that relationship. And Elder Ballard was very careful about that relationship because he, he always told Tim, I don't want, I, I don't want to hurt your organization by bringing the church into it. And I don't want the organization to hurt the church. Vice versa, by, by being too open about this, but but so they were both very careful. But of course, the the LDS world is small yeah. within Utah. Yeah. So people hear they hear that Tim mm-hmm. meets with him. Mm-hmm. But we were always very careful to just mm-hmm. say he just wanted to give us a blessing, talk about things, talk about how things were going. Mm-hmm. The allegations about the women that. Okay, I'll play that clip in a second. Uh, she says, never, never. Um, well, your church, it's, she wants to play it both ways. Because it's like, I don't want to make the church look bad or be a stumbling block for somebody's faith. Bullshit. Bullshit. Faith in a church, in an institution, you can believe things that you're hoped for and not seen. We do that all day in our everyday lives. But 
institutional wise, there is the proposition that these 12 apostles, that they are prophet seers and revelators for the almighty Lord Jesus Christ. That's a big claim that people stake a lot of their lives to. People should have the most amount of evidence to know what the cognitive abilities are of these, especially older senior men in the LDS church who make an, and say and have so much sway with so many things. So if there's a situation in which it would be a stumbling block for somebody's faith because you are you are going to out the supposed prophet, seer, and revelator as giving giving blessings, giving okays, or being able to just be manipulated by your con artist of a husband, that should be a stumbling block for people. Because these men, there's not just that they make mistakes, it's because they are actually statistically through the course of Mormon history, more likely to, to make mistakes because of their, their superstitious magical thinking, not based on evidence and lead others to false conclusions that could, could possibly harm their lives in devastating ways. People, people stake their life on this. So if there's something that should be a stumbling block, just like it says at the top of the CES letter that, you know, if our, our faith can't stand up to scrutiny, somebody finished that one for me. Anyway, your faith should be able to, to give people the most amount of information possible about who they're putting their trust and leadership in. And I think she's, she's pretty obviously dodging, uh, the real reasons that they are, uh, no longer in communication and playing down things, kind of being like, we just went in for meetings, just meetings and blessings. Yeah. Your con artist husband never once your narcissistic husband never once asked for a favor, never once was uh, inv involved in business dealings where he said to possible other investors, like it says at the top of the whiteboard, that we have evidence from one of your former good friends, Paul Hutchinson, that has Russell M. Nelson's, sorry, has <laughs> M. Russell Ballard's name at the top of it. That never happened. I have I have eyes. I know that that, that photo that, that's been released because of the Freedom of Information Act, that's why we have that photo. Paul Hutchinson... And uh, David Lopez uh, took a picture because of how disgusted they were with Tim trying to get $20,000 a pop for adoptions in Haiti and didn't like the, the direction that, that Tim was going. All of that, we just can't see things with our own eyes. It's, it's obvious that this apostle's name was up there and to, to come out flatly and say, never, we never would have done that thing. Your own church said that you did that thing. Your own church should be the stumbling block then for saying that for people. And the church has been so nefarious in their dealings and so shady that uh, I don't think that really anybody, like, I don't, I don't know what trust that they should even have to, to, to put your faith in them to begin with, but that's, that's the plight of just being a religious person. You don't, you don't know the, why you always do the things that you do, but that is some, I think that's another wholesale, uh, lie and uh, obfuscation of the truth there from my homegirl Catherine um is this is was Tim's wife aware of the couple's ruse were you aware that women were going with Tim on these missions I am very aware of the couple's ruse I know is that a new word uh, it may be okay okay <laughs> let me explain, explain. yeah explain it 
when you go undercover, if you are a single male walking into a strip club or, or that kind of environment, there are lots of women around that expect certain behavior by a single male. And Tim never wanted to engage in anything like that. And so he developed what he called the couple's ruse. Now, how I, I want to be careful. How young is your listening audience? It's an older audience. We okay. don't have children okay. listening Okay, well, I, if I and, and mom anyone, and dad, if you're in the car with your child right now, you may want to turn it down for a second. But go ahead and explain I what, just don't what want he to means by anyone. that. So he developed a couple's ruse. They did training on this. They never did this without training first. Um, the idea is if Tim walks in with a female who's posing as his wife or his girlfriend or mm -hmm. whatever, then they can pretend to be in the party scene. But when a adult woman or sometimes even a younger child is pressed upon them, she can swat him away or her away and say, no, 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 that's for later. This is my man. No touchy right now. And it was just to play the role of we're setting up something mm -hmm. that we, this is so, this is so awful, but it's an undercover world. We're setting up something that we both enjoy, but it's not right now. And this is my man. And it was used to protect the men from having to engage in anything that would be compromising with all these women and children are trafficking victims. Mm -hmm. And that was to, so the couple's ruse is to protect that. Okay. The women would know this, that this was going to be taking place, correct? Who were working oh, yeah. with him on these missions. They there, knew this ahead of time. There was always training. Always training. Could they have seen this differently than maybe what Tim had seen and saying, hey, this may have gone too far? Definitely. I, I can't speak to what they individually would perceive. I would never want to do it. I could never do what Tim does. I could never do what these women do. I would never want to do that. And I can't speak to to their... I only have met a couple of them, actually. But I, could, I, can't, I can't speak to what they would think or what they would expect. I'm grateful for the men and women that are willing to go into these dark places and rescue children. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. It's did, dark. Uh, Catherine, did the women, the, the, the women who are involved in this. Hmm. So I would like, Catherine, there's really nothing stopping you from instead of wholeheartedly assuming that your husband is telling you the truth. And that all of these women are, what are they, are they just lying? They, is this just for some reason when you're going after sex trafficking, seven women who said that they were groomed and manipulated and assaulted eh, and their marriages are ruined because of, you know, the things your husband did. Is it possible that they just had, you know, a misunderstanding? I don't know. I haven't talked to them. If Eric can talk to them and it's it's worth his ambitions to seek after truth at all costs even if you just you just saw eric breaking down crying i don't think that that's an easy thing for a wife to hear of course not i totally understand but to go on like a radio news program 
without really talking to the women and getting their side of the story, if they're willing to tell you, um, especially again, as we mentioned, it's not one, it's not two, it's not even five, it's a full seven. And that is just, as I, I haven't mentioned this yet, that is just the people who have been within, you know, OUR who were able to speak out, uh, that brought it to their HR department. There's, there's women who are, who are contracted for these things in other countries. There's plenty of other people who probably didn't have some type of mode of operation within a system to speak out and find some type of justice or end to Tim's practices. So there's probably a lot more than seven. Um, so I think it's also, it's just very disingenuous to be so, um, for, for the kids, for, for the kids, for everything before your kids, at least before your kids, before the kids of the other families who are, you know, in shatters before the other women who have genuine experiences with your husband. And she's, she's gone back to over and over again, how like, and Tim does not want to do this type of stuff. He just, you know, Tim says a lot of things. Tim says that he, uh, is a, is a action star in a movie that's based 85% on his life. He, he sells, he says a lot of things. He says that he has a good tip on where this child that was kidnapped four years ago has a, has a lead from his psychic. Um, Tim says a lot of things, but if there is just some, some, something, something evil's going on, as Tim says, something evil's going on. And I don't know who's behind it. I think that there's, there's something really nefarious and evil with believing your husband at all costs. And that it's just, when you go after sex traffickers, just people are always attacking us. It's, it's absolutely nothing like that. It's a, it's a persecution complex of your own design. You're in a prison of your own design inside your head, instead of actually listening to the people who say, wow, you have a lot of money and a lot of resources and you have a lot of sway and power to actually make some change because we've been talking about sex trafficking for years. Could, could you do it the, the healthier way? No, no, we're going to do it our way where we film it. We make documentaries and we, we, uh, we put out fictionalized movies about it so that it gives misinformation to people. Oh, Hey, could, could you, could you do the thing where, um, where, when somebody in your own family is, uh, is, is, is the sexual predator? Could you speak out about that? No, that's not how we do things. So again, whether or not she's, she's aware of, of how many lies Tim has told, I am, I, my speculation is she's, she's very much aware that, uh, there's much more beneath the surface with her husband, whether she wants to know it or whether she doesn't. Um, but I don't, I just, I think it's very disingenuous to not even talk to them while under this guise that you want to help kids so much. You want to help women so much. Um, you just want to help the, the people who are, who are in your, your inner circle, who, uh, keep, keep your, the stories that keep all of those things alive. Nobody, nobody who, uh, you know, gets into this, this nonprofit ending sex trafficking space 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, does it for the wrong reasons, but that 0.01% of the time, that's your husband. That's your husband. Start to finish everything, start to finish with how he has operated everything. It has been fake statistics. It's been fear mongering. It's been misinformation. It's been embellished stories. 
It's been taking other people's narratives and saying that you actually saved them when they saved themselves, giving nobody credit for the things they're doing. So if, if we're talking about an institution, here's a good point I just thought of. If we're talking about an institution like OUR that has a history of taking credit, saying we saved this X number of kids when like they loaned a dog to them or um, we saved these kids, but what we actually did was just move them from the orphanage that they were in to our orphanage, the shittier one that, that connects them with wealthy American families and in Utah that they can be sold to. They, they throw around a lot of numbers about the things that they've done where credit is actually due to other organizations. Credit is actually due to, you know, while, while people have been horribly victimized by sex trafficking, completely ignoring how, how brave and amazing some of these people who have gotten themselves out of their own situations. And it was just, oh, you are who showed up at the end to take credit for it. And with this, his wife saying that, uh, you know, everyone is just out, out to get us and they're out against us. It doesn't hold up with the facts that your, your organization, you're not actually as needed and integral to this as possible. So of course she cannot possibly reconcile that like anybody would, would critique her or have a problem with her and her husband for this, but that that's a fortified wall of lies that just you and, and, or you are and, and Tim about that's what you guys have. You fortified yourself against it. And then what is inside those walls? What, what, what are you actually fortifying against? You are protecting, you're protecting the, the sex traffickers that exist within your own organization. Just like Paul Hutchinson's article, um, not his article, but Vice's article about him that I mentioned at the beginning about asking for younger and younger girls. These are the type of operations that other more reputable places have, have called out OUR for, to stop doing for years. So the, the means to the end is, is, is what? What is the means to the ends for? Catherine, Tim, OUR, everybody who believes in this cause, what justifies the ends to the means, the means to the end? What are you trying to get at? Because now you've, you've merchandised and commercialized so many other people's stories. You've taken credit for so many other people's stories. And then in the pursuit of all of that, you've become fabulously wealthy maybe gotten a second anointing. I don't know. It's still up for debate. Become impenetrable almost. And it still have like this fortified wall that, that you've built up such a persona that nothing you can do now can let you fall from grace. You're on top of the mountain. It's looking pretty good now, but the means to the end of what now your husband can actually be the thing that people want to stop. The, the, the actual sexual predatory behavior that people are so in this world that you manipulated their, their, their pulled at their heartstrings to, to end that same, whether it's sex slavery is, is, is the hor most horrible example of a child, but the spectrum of, of overall men in this world who, uh, can, can use their positions of, of wealth, wealthy American men going to Columbia because they have the money, they can buy children. It's, it's all the same through line. Of, 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 of what kind of society do you want to live in for yourself, for your kids, but building up this armor? Oh no. Anyone who, who doesn't like what we have to say from the very beginning, they work for, for this pedophile network. It's not good enough to, to, to spin these wheels like this because the, the very thing, the very heartstrings that you're pulling at, everyone's going to wake up and realize, oh, that very, those, those very 
through lines of sexual predatory behavior, we put way too much trust in somebody and hopefully never do it again. <laughs> a large coffee for Kara. Keep up the awesome work. XJW, Jehovah's Witness, Solidarity. You know what I was actually thinking about today was I was getting ready and I was so upset. I thought I was actually going to start this podcast a lot more upset than I was going, than I did. Um, but I was like, I need to just chillax. Do not listen to anything about to Mallard or the news. Just get ready. Take a shower. Put on your makeup. What do you want to listen to, Kara? And I was like, Motown. I want to listen to my Motown playlist. So cannot recommend a little bit of the Supremes enough, but it was ironic. This is coming back to the J, the JW thing. Um, I love Michael Jackson so much. I was like the biggest Michael Jackson fan in the entire world. It's, there's a, there is a piece of you that just goes, that is the undeniable proof of the rumors that have been going on forever, what those boys went through and what their evidence was and their testimonies of, of what kind of monster, uh, Michael Jackson was, who also grew up as a, as a Jehovah's witness. And I'm not going to just totally be one of those people who just speculates. And it's like, anyone who's in a cult is just like a sexually perverse, crazy person. Michael Jackson has his own problems, but of course I think that being Jehovah's witness and the, the environment that that facilitated within his home definitely contributed, um, to his moonwalking talent. Not so much. I think he would have been just as talented without getting beaten every day and his um, siblings being raped and stuff. So uh, a lot of sad, horrible things. And unfortunately, my Motown list, I only listen to songs that have young Michael Jackson. And it's a uh, it, it, if you guys remember that divide after that documentary came out and just the Michael Jackson super fans were there. And I was like, you don't understand. I am a Michael Jackson super fan. I could moonwalk for you right now. Like I have all the moves memorized since I was a child. I was that kid who wanted to dress up like Michael Jackson every day. That is me. But you don't defend um, an obvious like predator and rapist. You know, once this this burden of proof has absolutely been met. I believe that about Michael Jackson, Tim Ballard. Um, and the list goes on. Yeah, so this is what I was trying to explain before. No predators ever came up with the idea to get a job working with their victims of choice. That literally never happens. I can infer all the sarcasm. Don't worry. I get it off the screen into my eyeballs, into my brain right on. Um, there's, I mean, there's stories of just the most horrible things. Do you remember that, that woman in Arizona who was like, I don't know what the word was like, kind of like a vegetable. I don't know if that's like the nicest phrase. If there's a more PC term, somebody can tell me since she was like a toddler and she was she was raped and ended up like giving birth nine months pregnant with nobody in the home, knowing that she uh, was even pregnant to begin with um, because one of the male nurses there, you know, took advantage of that situation. And it's like, can you hide behind? Like I couldn't be the rapist. I can't, no way. I didn't do that because I obviously love, you know, people in this, in this care facility. That's why I'm here. Like, why would I do anything bad? Because I'm here. Like people, Catholic priests are like, why would I sin? I, I hate sin. I love God. That's why I'm a priest. It's like that logic has never worked. I agree. I thought that was funny. There is a ruse, but not the one that Tim says that it's, it's like literally a double entendre. <laughs> it's like the couple's ruse, the couple's ruse, right? Uh, and she thinks he hated the ruse. Catherine thinks that him disliked it um when when there's probably the part of you know 
the average heterosexual Mormon male who grows up in the culture who, again, like you're surrounded by all of this, the way to him talks in these speeches at the Book of Mormon Evidence Conference, it's just like the whole world is perverse and is sexual. Everything is, I was like, not really. I I mean, like, yeah, in some way, uh, yeah. But like, also no, like, I don't know. Like, I don't see that everything is just, the whole world is just kind of run by the the way that Tim describes it, not even describe kidding. He's like, they give them these books. This is in every uh, library in Utah. It's called It's Perfectly Normal. This teaches them how to masturbate. And then it has pornography in it. So you teach them how to masturbate. You get addicted to pornography. And it's just one of those books about like, it's it's more, it's more like graphics, not the right word, but it, the book, I looked it up. It does have like, you know, it has a lot of naked bodies that are shoved together and in for 10 and up. So I don't have a problem with it necessarily, but I was like, I can understand how he'd be like, that's pornography. They're giving the kids pornography. There's a chapter about like, it's perfectly normal to masturbate. So they got them addicted to sex. They know how to masturbate. They're like, um, constantly looking for somebody to teach them about sex. And that's where pedophiles come in. And so this entire culture is just like setting our kids up. I was like, no, the name of the book is called it's perfectly normal. Like chill out. Maybe you have a problem. Cause when you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, a drawing of a tit. I'm going to go furiously wank for nine hours. That's a you problem. That's a you and your, your elk problem. But I think she, Catherine thinks he's, he's not into the ruse, but there's, there's a, these, these demons, I think within, not that I think, I know that there are some major demons sexual and otherwise within Tim. So this makes perfect sense within like this, this narcissistic psychopath brain who's like obsessed with sex and thinks it's everywhere. Like, um, you don't need to condemn like all homosexuals and everybody that they all work for pedophiles and anyone who doesn't like you. Like, it's not, this is, this is, you need to go to therapy, deep, intensive psychedelics maybe even if you're willing to try if you go into a club and you're allowed to drink there's also another also another story of tim getting drunk and doing a bunch of shit at one of these brothels so if you don't go to like a nice hippie retreat tim buddhist retreat out in the woods take some mushrooms i think you'll feel a lot better finally i wanted to say i wonder what elder ballard thought when he found out tim was using a psychic uh Hey, hey, that's a good question because the psychic again is an integral part of not finding kids, but also as Eric mentioned that this is supposed to be like sanctioned, not just by the psychic, maybe the psychic here's the, here's, here's the conspiracy. Maybe this Tim's like, I shouldn't do this, but let me ask Emma Russell Ballard's opinion. And the psychic who's being paid and doesn't want to lose her job is just like, oh, I can, I get a reading from him right now. He actually said, you can do the things that you want to do and have sex with these women. He's a-okay. And also, uh, he told me to give you the message that God and Nephi and Jesus want me to get a bonus. And what's Tim going to do? He can't argue with that. So I, I have a, a sneaking suspicion that the, the psychic is, um, a con woman and she doesn't talk to dead Mormon prophets at all. I have a sneaking suspicion, you guys, and it's a conspiracy in and of myself. But with that being said, I think that that Janet, the Mormon psychic talking to Nephi, I think that maybe she was able to uh, not only make a lot of money and waste a lot of people's time and resources engaging in this bullshit, but that she was also some type of accomplice to 
uh, meeting the goals of Tim Ballard when it came to uh, manipulating and sexually harassing and assaulting these women. I think that if there's ever a reason to open another investigation, she would have a lot. To and uh, thank you guys for showing up. I didn't expect it to be quite this long. I sometimes uh, over-prepare. And this one I actually thought I under-prepared. But thank you guys for your comments and sticking with me on a lot of this heavy content. Um, I am assuming that by the time I release my video next week, when I get back from California, I will, there, there's going to be something else news that's breaking. So um, you guys can reach out to me. My email is in the description below. You just scroll past the places to, to follow me on all the platforms past where you can download. This as a podcast, jump over the places where my merchandise that says um, all the different funny things that you know and love like my, my merchandise that is not commercialized off of anyone else's suffering and uh, all within my 501c3 nonprofit that is actually legitimate and all above board. Just hop, skip, and jump over those things. Um, if you have any tips or want to reach out, uh, you can follow me on all those platforms, but mostly I'm trying to close my DMs because I get too many of them, I'm sorry, and try to move over to my emails. Uh, which is the nuanceo at gmail.com. And another big shout out to my Patreon supporters over at Hotown. And uh, hope you guys are appreciating all the time and research it takes to put out this content. So I, I work at this like it's my full-time job and put a lot of time and effort into compiling things, giving people good resources and, you know, dissecting things and boiling it down so that people know what I'm saying. Kara, you're such a rambly, incoherent mess. You know, can't always win. Thanks again, everybody. Um, check out those links below. Love you so much. See you next week.